I think I think our our main like kind of you know you know, like expense thing like thing to do will be just be Machu Picchu, and I think we're gonna go to a uh, is it a Quito? A Quito is that how you say it? A Quito's. Yeah, yeah a Quito's. There's like yeah. you can uh, you can pet sloths. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get to go there actually. Oh, sure. But um, but yeah, like um, yeah, that part of the of, of the country I didn't get to to see. But yeah, you could uh, fucking see monkeys and shit around there. Oh yeah. It'd be funny if sloths didn't want you to pet them, and they're trying to swat you away, but it, <laughs> <laughs> it takes them forever. An hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> the next guy's the one that gets hit. <laughs> oh, that was good. They're like, yeah, they don't really like this, but there's not a lot they can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so go ahead. That's what I call consent. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Episode 416. There's already like 7 million. It's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Hi, I'm Trace Balloon. And I'm Frank Conniff, TV's Frank from Mystery Science Theater 3000, and the Mads are back, and you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Mmm, I love leftovers, especially pop culture ones. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah. Jake, you're coming in low. You sounded fine before, and now you sound sound like you're coming in really low. I, I, I know I said that you don't need to keep the energy level up this week, but now you just sound like a little church mouse. <laughs> I didn't mean to come in low. Is that better? I, yeah, I think so. Right now, you come in low like a little church mouse baby. Hmm. Okay. I will see what I can do. Talk louder. Talk louder. I don't know. Maybe it's because my heater's on right now. This is the best part of the episode, Jake. This is what people come for, is just us working out the kinks that we should have worked out, you know, pre-recording. People love kinks. This is, uh, they do, people, yes, they do love kinks. They love their kinks, Jake. They love (laughs) their kinks. I would love, oh my God, just to take a look at our fucking listeners' uh, Pornhub history. I bet it's just insane. Like, I, I guarantee it's just, it's just an insane mix of, uh, of of different kinks that people are into it, within the leftover army, Jake. Yeah, maybe for episode 500, people should call in and tell us their kinks. <laughs> no. Not, <laughs> not so sure. Shame everybody. Not so sure about that one. We've got guests, Jake. We got, yeah, what are their kinks? Yeah. Matt Kirby, what's your kink, buddy? Like. <laughs> I could not possibly divulge. Oh, shit. Oh, now I really want to know. Oh, shit. Ah, you, <laughs> you dirty pervert. Ah, welcome, Matt Kirby. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing all right, guys. How are you doing? Ah, yeah. So good. How are you doing? 
<laughs> what is it? What was that? That was Rowan. <laughs> He's just going to bed. Oh, okay. Uh, you can tell. You can. You can tell your child good night. Um, and we are also joined uh, by Dan Ramirez from the Heroes of Noise. Welcome, Dan. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Oh God, have you have you not heard, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> For the other people that haven't, is all, Brian. I was putting up the facade. I hey, know. I think you got an idea with this whole what's your kink thing. Man. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like a radio show. Just have people calling in. Yeah. Working it out. Oh, man. I, I, I listen to enough shit. I don't need to listen to what people are into sexually, Dan. God, I have a hard enough time talking Marvel with people. Let alone, <laughs> let alone hearing about what they fucking get off to. Anyway, ah, Jake, that was fun, Jake. I, I have nothing. Like, Jake, we got no contest lined up this week. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, been a long time since we had it. no contest this week. So they're not giving out any straight to VOD movies this week. It's uh, don't <laughs> don't worry, uh, fucking. Uh, uh, Chloe Savigny and Myra Savino are, are, are in the, uh, they're in a movie called, uh, the, 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 the rat race, Jake. And, uh, and, uh, they're up against, uh, Mickey Rourke. He's the villain in this one, Jake. And, uh, send me a picture of the retweeted. T- oh, goddamn. He's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> some of these movies, As man. Usual, not available in the UK. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry you can't jump in on some of these fucking movies. Any of them. <laughs> well, not all of them are are the best, anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, it's probably for the better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you actually you're being spared, Matt. Mm. <laughs> oh, were you really upset that you it. that you couldn't enter in to win the uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog? Adam's family too. Yeah, I didn't think so. Nope. Oh, man. All right. Anyway, let's uh let's let's dive into let's dive into the fun, Jake. Let's dive into the fun the, of this episode. All right. That's exciting. <laughs> it's going to be a doozy, Jake. Let me get my swim trunks on. Uh, was that a was that a dive joke, Jake? Yes. All right. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it's going to be one of them in it, Jake. All right. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer. Um, what day did this drop? Was it Wednesday? I don't remember. Mm, I, I believe it was, it was Tuesday. Wednesday. Was it Tuesday? I thought it was Tuesday, but I might be wrong. Yeah, we got the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer, and um, yeah, Matt, what did you think about the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer? Oh, I fucking loved it. All right. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Real deep um, dive there. I thought it, it, Matt's got on his swimming trunks as well, Drake. <laughs> I have, yeah, cannonball. Uh, I thought it was it was enough to give, get me really intrigued as to what was going on. It was fucking great seeing live Inquisitors. That made me so happy. And the spinning lightsabers that people are already bitching about. Um, it just looks like it's going to be everything I've always wanted from a continuation of those characters. 
you know, they've, they've got everything there. Um, it's actually, it's actually, we're seeing those characters before we even, even were introduced to them in Rebels. So this is yeah. like, this is all, uh, pre-Rebels stuff. So that we well, really- that was one of my one of my questions to you, Brian. Do you think this is going to be because this is this can't be far off of Rebels, can it? The beginning of Rebels. Do you think the last series of Rebels ends right before New Hope? So this has got to be like just before Rebels begins. Uh, so ten years, ten years before like Luke leaves, isn't it? This takes well. Th- like, this takes place ten years after Revenge of the Sith. It's in the year nine BBY, and it's at, and it takes one. It takes place one year after the events of Solo. And by can we can we looking at Luke in the trailer? Can we gauge how old he is? I can't. I can't tell the the well, ages of I children. I would say ten years. If it's ten years after the prequels, okay. Just okay. Guessing. Yeah. So I mean, we're right in there. We've got to be like when. How old was Leia when when we saw her in Rebels? Was she like 12 or 13? She couldn't have been much older than that, no. Yeah. So 12, 13, 14, I'd say around that age. So we're, we're right in that. We're right in there, I'm, man. I'm wondering whether we're going to see maybe Kanan, maybe Hera. It's probably definitely Ahsoka. Uh, there, uh, we I mean, know if that. If Filoni's involved, we'll see them all. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and there, there'll be a whole episode where we don't get Kenobi, and it'll just be <laughs> a be? sequel to some Rebels episode. It'll, that be, no it, one saw. it'll just be a random Boba Fett episode. Like, whoa, okay. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be the Loaf Cat episode. <laughs> um, but uh, real quick, Matt, I um, did you? How did you? Th- okay, I I. I felt like the spinning lightsabers in Rebels looked ridiculous, but seeing it in live action, it looked much better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had that take, too. I, I, I've i seen mostly the opposite take, though, that they looked fine in animation, but people hate how it looks in live action. Mm. And I, I thought it looked better in live action as well. Well, I think as long as we don't get them using them as helicopters, that was the only that, bit that ever pissed me off with those. They're fucking flying around like unicopters. Um, it was like Inspector that, Gadget. It was like yeah, Inspector yeah, yeah, yeah. Gadget with the helicopter backpack. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, so I, I'm, I, I think it looked great. I mean, the only glimpse, you know, we only saw that very small glimpse because obviously you've got, um, well, what's, my, what's her name? Uh, da, 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 da. Let me find it. Uh, the Reavers, Reva. Reva, the new She's sister, new. Yeah. has got a regular lightsaber. Okay. She hasn't got the the the, the Inquisitor's lightsaber. Yeah, I think there's a reason for that, and I do want to talk about that later when we kind of like break this down. Um, yeah. But uh, oh yeah, I guess we can rate this trailer. I'll play the rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Uh, Dan, Dan, you're right. This episode is like, we talked uh, uh, before we started recording. This episode is like starting an old car. I do feel like an old fucking car this episode. <laughs> like, it's taken me a while to get going here. I feel like a fucking Model T that's been sitting in a garage for over a 100 years. 
I can already hear the difference, man. It's uh, it's only up from here. I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. <Fuck> my <laughs> oh, I'm trying, everybody. I'm really fucking trying this week. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, Matt, uh, it's safe to say you're giving this uh, trailer a Tupperware. I am, yes. All right, we'll definitely be talking. I, I want to break it down more, but uh, uh, Dan, what did you think about the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer? Uh, straight up going to Tupperware it, but this is coming from someone that hasn't really, I've seen no episodes of Rebels whatsoever. Not that it, I don't think it matters that much, you know, but, uh, and I've only seen limited episodes of Clone Wars. So this is just going off of the appearance of Obi-Wan and the appearance of the, you know, the aesthetic of the trailer. Uh, I'm really digging it. It's, it's kind of everything that I've wanted to see. It's something that I, I wasn't a huge fan of the, you know, the, the, uh, prequels, but I was always down with Kenobi and I've wanted to see this for so many years, have him come back and see like the adventures of what goes on after that in between, you know, then and New Hope. So getting to see a lot of this, getting to see the, you know, the Grand Inquisitor, which I don't, I've seen him, you know, I've seen the, uh, like images and stuff like that, but I don't know the story of it whatsoever. So it looked really fucking dope to me. I know some people were complaining about like the shape of his face and things like that, mm-hmm. but for me, not a big deal. I, honestly, I'm probably the most excited about this one out of all of the trailers that, or all of the series that I've seen so far, just because I've got a little bit more familiarity. Um, for me, the stakes are a little bit higher because I really want them to nail it. You know what I mean? And uh, but yeah, so Tupperware for me. And that's I'll start there. I, I wasn't upset with the shape of his face. I know his like head's a little bit more elongated in the in the you know in the Rebel series. I guess I, I, my biggest gripe with the Grand Inquisitor in this is that his eyes didn't glow. Um, yeah, but, that was the only comment I had on it as well. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if but, the performance but, is there and you need that performance with the actor's eyes, then I'm fine with it. But I mean, I always found, I found it funny. I don't know, I don't know whether you saw it, but quite a few people put up post on on social media about it, saying you know people are whinging about the Inquisitor's head being a different shape. And then next to that, they had a picture of Count Dooku from Clone Wars and Count Dooku from the, the prequels. And he's like, why the fuck are you whinging? It's yeah, just animation versus live action. It's right. not going to be the same. It yeah. That, yeah, that's a great point, man. Yeah. What was that, Jake? I was going to say the same thing. Like, there's an artistic license when you're doing animation. Like, none of the characters that we've seen the actors of look anything like. Like, you know, Hayden Christensen's head doesn't look like that in the movies. It's Yeah. It's silly to complain like that. Yeah, 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 that is ridiculous. They're like um, trying to pull a Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, they've got a petition, and they're trying to get this shit changed before it's released. And oh, it's like, come yeah. on. The only thing I, w- I would have I would have been a little bit happier with is if the eyes were glowing like they were. But it's at the end of the day, if the performance is there from this guy, I'm, I'm fine with it either way. Um, Jake, what did you think, man? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. it. It was a Tupperware for me. I, I'm right there with Dan. I think this is the series I'm looking most forward to as far as the Star Wars series go. Like, I, I am a big fan of the prequels, and this feels like a direct sequel to the prequels. So I'm just super pumped. I, I love that they use Duel of the Fates. I mean, it's hard not to get excited when that's oh, yeah. playing. Uh, seeing Uncle Owen and the actor that played him in the prequels got me excited, as silly as that is. And, uh, yeah, I, just seeing you and McGregor return to this role was something I never thought we would see. And, you know, along with him, we're going to get Hayden too. I I'm just so pumped for this series. I, I thought this was a great trailer. I hope this is all they show. Honestly, I know they called it a teaser, but yeah. 
<clears throat> I'm fine just seeing this until the series comes out. It's enough uh, yeah, for me. I, I'm all in. We'll have TV spots, and I'm sure there'll be a final trailer. Um, but it's your choice to watch those. I mean, sometimes I'll I'll fucking not watch. It just it really depends. Like I think for Book of Boba Fett, I just watched that first trailer, and then from there I was sad. I was just like, I'll just watch the series. I don't need to. I don't need to see any more. Um, but uh, what I am, gl- I'm glad that they held back on uh, on Darth Vader. They just we just got to hear the breathing apparatus, and that's it. And they held back on showing us anything Darth Vader. We did get a lot of teases of Vader in this, but uh, we didn't get to see Darth Vader himself. And uh, I like that. I'll give it a Tupperware as well. I am super excited for this. I I'm not the biggest fan of the prequels, Jake, but I love. The original trilogy, and I think what this is going to do, and I hope what this does, is it's a nice bridge between the two. I really would like, and I'm not saying like it's just like since it's set between the, the both of those eras that it's just filler. I, I I think that they can make this really important and impactful and hopefully make me have a greater appreciation of the prequels. Honestly, this latest trilogy gave me a, a, a much... Uh, uh, a bigger appreciation of the prequels after the way they weren't this, so bad then, were they? It weren't. It yeah, weren't. Yeah. I've gone back and watched the prequels and thought, damn, these are really good movies. Compared yeah. To movies <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, it, especially, I, especially with the one thing that annoyed me about the prequels was Hayden Christensen's performance, and knowing what I know now about Lucas's direction for him yeah. makes that movie a whole lot better. Don't you think that? Uh, yeah, because man, it's. You can't get away from the terrible love story in the second oh. one. It's just, I don't no. care. There's no way <laughs> to fucking, it's just, it's, it's, it's his, his, it's, he's almost like a sociopath when it comes to like him talking to her, his obsessiveness. It's, he is just like a, like a stalker. Like it's, but that, that was how Lucas wanted him to play it. I know. Like, you know. This is your focus. This is it. Almost like fucking one mindset. Uh, it kind of makes sense now. It's so creepy. All right. Let's, let's talk about this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see Ben Kenobi, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he's on the sands. We're going to be back on Tatooine, but, uh, yeah, he's writing an EOP, and the OP is what we saw him. Well, we saw him r- dropping Luke uh, Luke off to uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru on an EOP, and we also saw an EOP fart on Jar Jar in the Phantom Menace. Um, so that's we <laughs> that's where we first see uh, Kenobi in this trailer, and we see what he's doing. He's he's living on Tatooine. And it looks like to me, some people were saying he was cutting meat. It looks like to me that he's cutting stone. He's like a stone cutter, but I could be wrong. I just, it's hard to tell what he's, what his job is, but we see him kind of like taking transportation to his job with a bunch of other people. And I think he's working in the town of Anchorhead. I don't think this is Moss Eisley. Um, he wants to keep an eye on Luke. And so I think the town that he's going to be working at is going to be closer to where Luke is. And that would be, I think also he wouldn't go to Mos Eisley or Mos Espa because they'd be too, too crowded as well. He'd get recognized easier. Yeah, that's very true. And Mos Eisley, as far as we know, is pretty far away. 
yeah. because Luke had never even really heard of it. Like it was um, maybe he had heard of it, but he'd never been there. And in the you know in a New Hope, uh, Kenobi basically tells him like it's a you know place of scum and villainy, and um, almost explaining to Luke what this place is. It's a place that Luke hadn't been to before. So I think this is Anchorhead. Um, and then we hear the voiceover, the fight is done. We lost from Obi-Wan Kenobi. And who do you think he's talking to here? I, I, my bet, I'm hoping he's talking to Qui-Gon. Oh, that would be amazing. And I think, you know, we see him in the cave. We see him in a cave at the entrance of a cave. And then if you look at the new entertainment weekly, um, they show a picture of him in the cave and they talk about how this cave is his home. And I think this cave probably has like a line, a direct line of sight to probably like where Luke is living with Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. And maybe he's is that, talking. That's the same picture as the, as the shot that's from behind him, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You can see in the distance, if you freeze frame on that shot, that you've got the, the moisture farm at the, and right in the distance. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking that. He, that's where he's living. That's, that's what they called it in Entertainment Weekly. And I'm thinking that maybe here in this moment in the cave, he might be communicating with Qui-Gon. I'm really hoping that we do get some Qui-Gon. I've heard other theories that that's the, um, that's the message he re-recorded at the Jedi Temple. Hmm. The, the beacon that was sent out by, um, Anakin and the Emperor telling all the Jedi to come back uh, okay. so that they could make sure Order 66 was was, uh, was successful. Okay. Um, Obi-Wan changed it at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. He was in there changing it to say, stay away from the temple. That is rumoured from what I've, what the, the couple of odd rumours I've heard is that's part of the message that he, he programmed onto it. So would it be a flashback scene? Possibly, or or someone picking up the message you know, elsewhere, some, you know, another part of it, you know, I don't know, but that's, that's kind of the theory that I've heard, which is, might be quite interesting. I kind of buy that now. Cause I do think that there will be flashback scenes in this and I will talk about, I will talk about that. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to that later. I, I am buying that though. I guess I was just really it, hoping. It's more the stay hidden. That, that, yeah. that last bit wouldn't be something he'd stay to say to Obi-Wan. Right. Uh, to, to, to Qui-Gon. That's a that's a message to every other living Jedi. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 To keep them. I mean, to keep them away from from getting yeah. hunted down. Um, exactly. Yeah. It'd be a real dick move to make that message ten years after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that is the message. Funny. And yeah. and I'm sure like. Yeah. Do you think we'll get Qui-Gon? Do you think that, that, that they'll get Liam Neeson to do anything with Qui-Gon in this? Do you think we'll see him talking? I think they will. He was very game to, I mean, Ewan McGregor wouldn't lend his voice for Clone Wars and, and, and Qui-Gon would. So I think he's game for it. I think there's a good chance that they, they use him in some form or another. But is he not too busy doing straight-to-video movies on some meaningful <laughs> job that then takes revenge time. on someone? They're not, man. Trust me, they, they've been. I don't know how he still gets these movies in theaters. I really don't. Like the Marksman, and then like most recently, Blacklight came out in theaters. These are they're not straight-to-video. I don't know how these are getting into theaters. I have no idea. <laughs> so he'd certainly jump at the chance. I think. 
Yeah, I agree. And that's the kind of thing, if he is in it, that I think they would want to keep under their vest and have that be a big reveal when that episode dropped. We're not going to see that in the trailer, I don't think. Yeah, if we're going to see that, we're going to get the first glimpse of that after the first episode. I think like right at the end of the first episode, you'll hear that voice and that Qui-Gon theme come through. Would he be talking to Mace Windu? Uh... I'm still hoping Mace is alive, but I don't think that's what's going to be happening here. Another theory I've heard is that there will be Qui-Gon in this, and he's going to be flitting between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Oh, really? Mm. I love that. So that's a, that could be interesting, because it could be like Anakin's conscience. Because there is that section at the end of the trailer, which is the, the Anakin theme, isn't there? Um, which is a bit of a uh, a, a glimpse into the, the 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 fight that's still inside of him. Oh, that's wild! Oh, oh god, that would be badass. Oh, yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot, man. I really like that a lot because I guess part of us were kind of wanting to see. I don't know. At least I was. I was kind of wanting to see a moment where uh, Kylo would be able to talk to to Anakin, you know, in like the newer ones. Mm. And that never happened. So, like, this would be kind of like a li- kind of like that, you know, in a way. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> we see uh, a young Luke Skywalker, and uh, he's wearing what looks like to me like he's wearing pod racing goggles. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard my cat shake his head there. Um, but he's wearing pod racing goggles, and... Uh, it looks like he's like, you know, mimicking that he's either, you know, in a, in a X-wing or he's pod racing. I happen to think it looks like he's pod racing. Yeah, I agree. Could it be Uncle Ben telling him, you know, some of the stories about his dad when he was a kid and what he was like, you know, good at as a kid when he was still, you know, good, I could say. And maybe he's just no, kind of like, I, I don't think Ben had contact with Luke until New Hope. I think it's like, it's, it's like father like son, even though he probably, you know, he doesn't know a lot about his father. It's just like, he still has his father in him to where like that would be his passion too. And I'm sure it's like one of those things where Uncle Owen doesn't want him pod racing. He doesn't want him going down like any path. Yeah, that's of, true. Any path of like adventure or anything like that that his father had. He just, he wants to just keep him on the farm. Yeah, like in a lot of the novels back in the day, he would like get on his swoop bike and like shoot the what Womp Rats? Womp Rats, yeah. Womp Rats, yeah. So, yeah, and he, he would Uncle Owen didn't know he was doing that. He was like sneaking off and doing dangerous stuff with the swoop bike. So, Yeah, you're right. Uncle Owen, Jesus, Uncle Owen. The fucking drag. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fucking Yeah, he is, man. He's just like might as well, might as well live with an Amish family or some shit. I, don't know. I blame Obi-Wan. I'm sure Obi-Wan gave him really strict instructions as far as the care of Luke. So, you know, it's probably not 100% Uncle Owen's fault. Don't let, let this boy fuck about. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I, bl- I blame Uncle Owen. <laughs> I blame Aunt Brew. I guarantee Uncle That's Owen. Milk she fucking feeds him. Dude. I guarantee it. The only position they do is missionary. <laughs> Brew and Owen. Yes, mm. that's it, Jake. They're boring as shit. You act like they're fucking like they got a sex swing going on in that farm. 
Uh, I bet there's Peru is dancing around those fucking vapor evaporators <laughs> like she's a fucking stripper of an evening. I guarantee you. When those you two suns go down, it's like the crazy horse too. Peru uh, could be a freak. You never know. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's I think it's missionary position all day with those two. Pouring blue milk all over herself. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I think going for it. Look me in the eyes and make love to me. It's like <laughs> there's a reason old Luke's compelled to drink that shit. It's all it's all yeah. like Freudian. Is, is so blue milk, blue Viagra pill? Do you think it's the same thing? No, Brian. Definitely. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Mixed opinions here. No, I'm just. I'm not saying that fucking the blue milk. I'm just ah, whatever. Anyway, I'm not getting into this. <laughs> isn't there like blue chew too? Like, isn't that a thing? What? It's like I hear ads for it on podcasts all the time. It's like Viagra. Oh, I thought we were talking blue about something chew. in the Star Wars universe called blue chew. And no, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, there's a podcast. It's, it's a it's a chewable. Yeah, let's get into this. We're talking about Obi Wan. It's a blue chewable tablet, and it's made of the same stuff as Viagra, Jake. If you really want to okay. know about blue chew, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hear the uh, Duel of Fate score, and then we see the Lo- uh, Lucasfilm logo pop up. Uh, next thing we see is uh, we see the Inquisitor ship, and it is. Flying to the Fortress Inquisitorius, which is located on the ocean moon of Nur in the uh, Mustafar. Um, uh, it's in the Mustafar region, so it's near. It, yes, yeah, it's in, in the Mustafar system. So yes. moon of Mustafar. Yes. Uh, we see on the Fortress Inquisitorius, we see a landing pad. And on that landing pad, if you look to the uh, left side of the screen, you do see a white Imperial shuttle there. So with a white Imperial shuttle there, that means that somebody in the Empire, you know, very high up, possibly even Vader himself, could be uh, showing up to the fortress. Um, Inquisitors, if you are not familiar with Inquisitors, um, they are Force-sensitive, and they use lightsabers, but they are not Sith, and they were tasked to assist Darth Vader in wiping out the remaining Jedi after Order 66. We've seen many of them in the animated series. There's been some in the comics and video games. Um, most notably, the ones that I'm familiar with are the Fifth Brother and the Seventh Sister and the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, from rebels, and then also the eighth brother was sent down to hunt. Uh, was sent to hunt down uh, Darth Maul, and then in the Ahsoka Tano book, um, Ahsoka Tano killed the sixth brother, and when she killed him, she took his lightsaber, took his red ky- kyber crystals, basically kind of like melted them and purified them down so that they turned white. And that's why we see her with the two white lightsabers now. Those are from the sixth brother. Um, and now we've got a new Inquisitor in this series uh, known as the third sister, Reva. And she'll be played by Moses Ingram. And, yeah, it looks like she's going to be a big part of this series. I hope, I really hope she's a badass. I hope this is not like more Captain Phasma bullshit. <laughs> Cause she looks, she looks fucking like an enforcer, man. Yeah, the cooler they make someone look, the less they do. It's the Bubba Fett rule. 
embarrassed giving her a helmet. <laughs> so I'm, I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion she might be a turncoat by the end of this. Yeah, I've been, I've been hearing that too, and I, I actually want to talk about that um, when we kind of like wrap up the trailer talk because I do think that you are onto something there. Um, we hear the. Uh, we hear the voice of the Grand Inquisitor. Um, the key to hunting Jedi is patience. They cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. Um, the Grand Inquisitor is played by Rupert Friend. Do we know what he's been in before? I didn't look it up. I apologize, guys. No, I don't. Let me see if I can look it up. While you're looking that up, we get there's a shot. It's like a meeting room. It's in. It's within the Fortress Inquisitorius and. Uh, it looks like it's below the ocean level, below sea level, inside the fortress. And in the room, there are two two uh, two stormtroopers on both sides in the rear. So looks like the Empire is going to be involved in some of these meetings. And there's a chair in that room that has two pointy spikes at the top. And they look exactly like the same, like, two-pointed spikes at the top of uh, Vader's castle on Mustafar and this might be his chair when he does come to have meetings with the inquisitors and I uh, also want to point out that the inquisitor ship also has the same two spikes at the front of the ship so it, they're kind of keeping with that look there um, Jake, did you find anything out? Uh, nothing I've really seen he was in a Hitman movie he was in Homeland Victoria so and Albert, Pride of Prejudice, Death of Stalin. Yeah, nothing. Nothing, nothing I've ever seen, honestly. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully he's a good villain. Um, we get. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, I want to talk about. We're on. So that is the planet of, the, of Noor, where we see the Fortress Inquisitorius. Now that we get shots of um, of Uncle Owen in town as someone is hanged. So I think this could also be Anchorhead. And Reva is there. It looks like whoever's been hanged has probably been somebody that's been harboring a Jedi or knows something and didn't give up any information or was helping a Jedi. And they're basically putting out the message that if you're harboring Jedi, if you're protecting Jedi, housing them, whatever... Um, this is what's going to happen to you. And if they are, if, if they're force sensitive and they're brought to Tatooine and they're sensing Ben Kenobi being on this planet, if he dies on that planet and they still sense a Jedi, uh, like a force sensitive presence, that could lead them straight to Luke. And so I think like that is one of the reasons we see Obi-Wan on another planet later on. I think maybe he wants to get off world. The only way to protect Luke is to get off world. Does that make sense? Yeah. If he went off world, though, wouldn't they be able to find Luke at that point? Well, if they follow him, I, I think he's wanting to lead them off of the... I mean, if if he's on Tatooine... And he dies, and they still sense a, a force presence. And I know, like, 
you know, the, the force is strong in his, in, in Luke's family. So they could still, even though he's not been trained to be a Jedi, they could still sense the force within Luke. Then it would lead them straight to Luke. But if, if he leads them off planet, then maybe they wouldn't be able, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I follow you. Well, the force is stronger with him at that point. So he could kind of like take him off the scent. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we, we, we see Obi-Wan on a different planet. There's another planet called Dayu that we'll talk about here in the trailer in just a moment. But we see him on that planet. So it's not like he stays on Tatooine the whole time. I'm just trying to, like, figure out, like, why did he leave Tatooine? If he's there to protect Luke, why is he on Dayu later in the trailer? And the only reason I could think of is maybe to, to you know, get them off of the scent of Luke being on the planet. It has to be Luke related. I, his mission is too important for him to just like take a vacation. Either that, just, or he's got to have someone he feels completely confident in leaving yeah, to watch over Luke. I know. So, I and everybody's thinking it's a be? it's a, everybody's thinking it's Ahsoka. I don't think we're going to see Ahsoka looking over Luke. I think we are. I don't think we're going to see her looking over Luke. But I think I think that's the reason he's gone to die. I don't, I just, it's just too much. I, I don't think we're going to see her at all, honestly. She's too tied into what Filoni has going on with all his series. And I, I feel like it would be overkill to have her here as well. I, I do not think we'll see Ahsoka. I, I mean, mean, maybe he yeah. just tells Uncle Owen to, hey, I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, keep an eye on him. It could be that simple. And it's just nice to see him getting off of the planet, too. I mean, I was always under the impression that he was just not stuck, but he chose to stay on that planet as a hermit for, what was it, 30 years or something like that, 20 years. So it's kind of nice to have to see, like, you know, Kenobi off planet doing different things, getting into different adventures and stuff like that. I just think it's good for the show in general. Yeah. I, well, they've in the comics, they'd filled in a lot of stuff. I mean, Luke has been attacked and he's helped him in the past. Uncle Owen is actually kind of like basically yelled at him, you know, get away from us. And, you know, and, um, uh, that's why he lives past the, the, uh, sand, the, the sand dune sea sea. dune. Yeah. The dune sea. Thank you. Um, I mean, he's been, Luke's been attacked by, uh, what is it? Uh, black chrysanthemum at one time. And I'm trying to think, uh, crate dragon, um, all this stuff in the comics and, and you know, it's, they're trying to fill stuff in. I think this is what, what, this is what I'm coming for. I'm here to see what's happening with Luke in the live action series. Like, so we'll see. I don't, I mean, there's a chance that Ahsoka could be on planet and watching Luke after he leaves, but I don't know. It's, it just seems like too much at that point. Like it's just, Ahsoka overkill. I know. I, I, I mean, where she's getting her own series too. I mean, and I know these take place at different times. It's just, it's a little overkill for me. Um, we do see Obi-Wan and Reva and they're fighting each other on the planet Dayu. Uh, they modeled this planet after Hong Kong. Um, it has a, it really does look like, it does look a lot like Hong Kong. And, um, then we see another shot of a Sith shuttle landing on Tatooine, we see an Imperial captain come out of the ship and uh the captain is played by Game of Thrones actress Indira Varma. And IMDB has her listed as Tia. So I don't know if that's gonna be her name on the show. IMDB can be wrong sometimes, 
but it looks like she's going to be playing uh, Captain Tia. She was one of the what do they call them? The sea snakes, no, the, or the shitty sand snakes, sand or whatever snakes. the fuck they were. Yeah. Um, we then see a stormtrooper talking to uh, a new droid, a droid we haven't seen before. Uh, if you, he's got Arabash written on him, and if you translate that Arabash, it translates to Ned. So this is probably going to be a droid named Ned. And a lot of people are speculating that this droid will be voiced by Kumail Nanjiani. And it seems to be what Star Wars has been doing lately with the droids is getting a, you know, a f- actor, you know, like Alan Tudyk or Phoebe Waller Bridge to play, you know, one of these droids. So that might be Camille Nanjiani. Um, I'd rather be O'Shea Jackson Jr. <laughs> Did you know he's sure. in it too? Is he? <laughs> yeah, it's listed on here. I was just looking right now when you said IMDb. And we have like, and I'm sorry to throw you off, Brian, but I just saw that. O'Shea Jackson Jr. He's unnamed, as well as Maya Erskine. What? <laughs> IMDb has um, O'Shea's father in it as well. So who knows what fucking crack IMDb is smoking. So Ice Cube's in this? <laughs> According to IMDb, they they're they're not right a lot of times. I mean, they are, but then they're wrong a lot too. So I don't know. I Matt, have you heard of O'Shea Jackson being in this? No, neither have I. I That's the first I've heard of it. Just right he's, now. he's in all six episodes. Yeah, interesting. Um, the stormtrooper that the the droid is talking to has battle damaged armor. A lot of people are speculating that this could be we could be seeing a clone trooper here. So we might be seeing, you know, um, Rex. Not, I'm not saying it's going to be Rex, but I'm saying we might see somebody that's played by Tamira Morrison. We might see a clone trooper. I but I think the only. I mean, I've, I've looked at that footage because I've heard that as well. I've looked at that footage over and over again. It looks like a normal stormtrooper helmet. It just looks battle damaged, and that's the only bit that makes me doubt it. Okay. It yeah. doesn't look – there's not enough on the shape or the elongation of the helmet to make it look like a clone trooper helmet. Okay. Um, we get a shot of the Grand Inquisitor using the spinning saber, um, and a lot of people are thinking that the bald guy that's in front of him could be – a clone tro- trooper, Tamira Morrison, because you see, you know, the bald head. I don't think it is. There's some sort of like robotic cybernetics implanted on the back of whatever, whoever this character's head is. Kind of like, um, oh, what's his name? Not Lobo. Lobot. Yeah, Lobot. Lobot. Thank you. Uh, we then get a shot of the fifth brother leading a group of stormtroopers through the streets of Dayu. And um, the actor playing the fifth brother is Sung Kang, who plays Han in the Fast and Furious movies. So that's, wow. That's cool. And then uh, one of the final sh- – oh, we get uh, – we do get to see the third sister in an alleyway with somebody holding um, a blaster. So, some people were saying, oh, it's – it's uh, Alden Ehrenreich coming back to play Han Solo. Um, I think we, I, I think we see, I think we see Obi Wan Kenobi holding the same blaster when he's on top of um, like some rooftops in Dayu. Yeah. I mean, so, 
So I think it's Obi Wan. Obi Wan didn't he hasn't used his blasters since the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Has he, he, he even in canon in the comics? It's like he's he's only ever he's fought hand to hand with Tusken Raiders and he's never used his saber I mean, on the off chance that he is discovered by a, a, uh, by anyone as being a Jedi. So yeah, I think it's a dead giveaway. He, he, yeah, it, it's <laughs> not, we're not going to see him use that saber until desperation yeah. requires it. Yeah. Do you think that uh, I'm not saying we're going to see Darth Maul in this uh, fighting? No, we're not going to see Darth Maul. No, no. Well, hold on. Hold on. I'm not saying we're going to see Darth Maul fighting Obi-Wan in this, but this does take place one year after the events of Solo, and we did get the Darth Maul cameo, like, cameo appearance in the Solo series, because you know he's got no. His crime organization. Do you think that there could be another, you know, at least a hologram? Maybe a hologram of of the character Sam Witwer coming back and voicing Darth Maul. Maybe they're not going to fight. I, I understand I, that. No, I think we fight. will see him. They they did that in Rebels. I I don't think we will because um, Maul, if you follow him through Rebels, didn't know where Obi Wan was. He had no idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And right up until he, he was told and they went and fought and they had that fucking perfect finish to both characters on the rebels. It was, it couldn't have been better. I'm not saying that he's going to, I'm not saying he's going to do it. I'm not saying he's going to find him either. I'm not saying he's going to find him. I'm just saying, could we get a cameo of Darth Maul in this? I think, I think we will. I think they can't resist. I mean, yeah, just hearing duel of the fates and how popular Darth Maul is. Him being at the end of Solo, this being one year after, I, I think they can't resist. He's probably kind of pissed well, off at Kenobi. I'm, I'm, I'm split. I'm split, guys. I think there's a, I think there's a chance. I understand what you're saying, Matt. Like, there's no way that. Yeah, I hope th- they can't resist. I hope they can resist it. But yeah, I'm, I know what Jake's saying. But yeah, he's probably right. I've got the hard on for him, and Filoni will have the hard on for doing it in fucking live action. And then uh, this trailer, it ends with uh, we hear Vader breathing. Um, so I, I thought the trailer was fantastic. There's a few more things that I do want to talk about. Um, we we One thing I didn't talk about that is in the trailer is a shot of two escape pods, and they're headed towards a planet. And I think I know what that might be about. Um, this is potential spoilers for the first episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And this is not like a big fucking... I don't think it's a huge spoiler if it is true. This comes from makingstarwars.net. Um, goes on to say there was a bunch of footage shown in Burbank recently, and in that footage is what appears to be the Jedi Temple from the prequel trilogy. Clone troopers are attacking two young Padawan learners who are being protected by two Jedi masters. The two Jedi seem to be in their late teens to early 20s. The two Padawan learners look on as their masters are killed. The masters die to allow their students to live, and the pair escape the massacre as they fight their way out of the temple to freedom. And this is the opening scene I'm hearing in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. After the presentation, my source asked someone in the know what the deal was with that Star Wars footage, and the person in the know responded with that, that's the first scene. They are very pleased with it, and they expect it to be a hit. The source confirmed it was not the moment of the Jedi Temple we saw 
in the book of Boba Fett at all, but they did say the scenes could nearly fit together, though. I asked if Grogu was in the sequence, and they said if they were in it, it wasn't obvious. So probably not. So there we have it. The question I'm left with is, who are the Jedi in those moments? Does one become an Inquisitor, and does the other search out Obi-Wan Kenobi in the aftermath of Order 66? Here's my here's my thoughts on it. I do think that the two pods that we see at the in this trailer are probably taken from this first scene. And you do have two Padawans in each one of these pods. One goes off somewhere and the other one goes off and becomes Reva the Inquisitor. And this goes back to what you were saying at the beginning when we started talking about this, Matt, where one is going to turn coat by the end of this. Yeah. And Reva, it probably will by the end of this. So who do you think the other one was? I don't know. Remember we saw the body hanging in town? Could that be the other one? Maybe. I mean, if, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're not just there for, for Obi-Wan. Maybe, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of think that whoever they're hanging is not force sensitive, that they're hanging somebody that might know the whereabouts of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. But I, but I, 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 I tend to agree with yeah. you on that one, I think. But I don't know who go either ones. way. I mean, they might want to establish the threat that the Inquisitors are by showing them, you right. know, killing a Jedi. It might just be someone that's force sensitive. That, that you know that hasn't that hasn't got any idea that they could be could be a Jedi, and they've got force, they're force sensitive, and they just they sense them and kill them. Maybe it's Broom Boy's dad, Shovel Man. <laughs> I was getting ready to say Broom Boy too. <laughs> no, it's not Broom Boy. Broom Boy's not a born yet. It's Broom Boy's dad, Shovel Man. Oh, man. <laughs> like something on Mystery Men. <laughs> the shoveler. Yeah. The <laughs> Ah, the oh. purple Raja. <laughs> what was what was so great about the purple Raja from Mystery Men? Didn't wear purple. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I Tupperware the fuck out of this trailer. I absolutely loved it. I can't wait for it. When do we get this one? May twenty twenty. No, it's it's May twenty fifth, right? Yeah, Star Wars Day. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. The I real Star Wars time. Day. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. It's odd that they're doing it the day before the Star Wars celebration. You would think they would do that, you know, after. Forty five years to the day, isn't it? What's that, Matt? Forty five years to the day. Oh, okay. There's, there you go. Isn't it? Yeah, forty five. Forty five years to the day from new hope releasing. Yeah, the the rumor is though that Dan at celebration they're going to show the second episode. Okay, I figured it had some kind of tie in, but that's just the rumor. Nobody knows for sure. I liked even like the small design choice when they did the Disney Plus logo to have the lightsaber come through and do from the D to the plus. I, even that got yeah, me excited. Yeah, that was cool. Well, they did the same thing when Moon Knight jumped from the rooftops at the end of the yeah, Moon Knight yeah. trailer. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. I, I like the design choices on the get from the D to the plus that they've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on Obi-Wan? Yeah, I have. Do you think that uh, they're going to bring back James Earl Jones to voice Vader? I hope so with the mask on, right? Yeah, it's just he's he's 91, you know, <laughs> and I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, you know, not to be morbid or anything like that, but we only have so much time on this earth. If I was involved with Star Wars, I would want to be getting 
like all the lines, like just say everything you can, James. That way we can at least do what they did with uh, Skywalker and kind of like, you know, yeah, yeah. do the uh, I forget what they call that technology, but where they basically fill in all the gaps with their voices by taking recorded, you know, pre-recorded material. No, I agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. Let's, I just want to, yeah. Can we just, can they just record him like reading the dictionary? There you go. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. It really isn't, man. It really isn't. <laughs> like I know they like 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 um when uh Carrie worked on uh A New Hope, like they did like all like the the photos like the 3D photo scans of her face and shit like that. The 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 rumor is we're going to see Leia in the series, guys. Mm. I buy it. I mean, we're seeing yeah. 10-year-old Luke. We're probably going to see 10-year-old Leia. Yeah, yeah. What was her What was her dad's name in this? The guy, uh, the Jimmy Smith's character. Yeah, we're and rumors Jimmy Smith is coming back as well. So, so that's awesome. I and, love Jimmy Smith's, and I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see Jimmy Smith's, and I think we're gonna see a young Leia around this time, around the same age as Luke. So, I mean, we're already seeing a young Luke, so we're probably gonna see a young Leia as well. All right, guys. Let's. Uh, are you guys ready to jump into good pop, bad pop? Yeah, let's do it. Can we break real quick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I drank two cups of coffee before we started. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, we'll be right back. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt. And the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway... The whole point of this is to tell you that PopCultureLeftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. Welcome back. Jake, how are you feeling, man? Much better. Much better. Much better. All right. Uh, we're going to be jumping into Good Pop, Bad Pop this week. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. You heard our rating system earlier. Toss it, taste it, Tupperware. Uh, I finished, I, you know, I talked about it uh, two, three weeks ago, finally finished all nine episodes of, uh, Inventing Anna on Netflix. Um, Matt, Dan, did either one of you get a chance to watch this? I did not. No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. Um, invent, Inventing Anna, um, what's the girl, <laughs> I'm terrible. What's the girl's name from Ozark, the young girl that plays Ruth? 
guess you don't have to feel so bad anymore. Uh, nobody knows. Um, <laughs> she's fantastic. She plays Anna Delvey in this. It's based on a true story. And, um, you know, she basically, uh, comes off as this wealthy German heiress and, uh, you know, starts getting, um, basically just scamming people out of money and almost gets a huge loan to start her own, uh, foundation. And, um, ends up, uh, ends up in prison and then going to court and then there's a whole story written about her um long story short i finished it and i know i gave it like i think i gave like the first two or three episodes of tupperware i think the acting in this is just phenomenal i just felt like the last episode which is one of the longest last episodes i've ever seen of anything it was an hour and 22 minutes for the final episode of inventing anna it's almost like a movie but um it's an, it's very odd because the entire show I felt like was trying to portray her as like a villainous character. And then in the final episode, they almost kind of like lift her up as like she's like a folk hero or something. And it was just really odd to me. I didn't know what they were going for in this show. And so, uh, I still really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a high tasted overall. But I really feel like that last episode didn't fit with, like, everything else that I had just watched. Uh, down to, like, all the people. Like, a lot of the people that she kind of scammed are feeling bad for her. The woman that's writing the story about her becomes, like, really good friends with her, it feels like, by the end of this thing. And it was just really, really, really odd. So it makes me – it's it's one of those things where it's like, where's the fact? Where's the fiction? What, you know, what really happened? What didn't happen? Is this a lot of it? Is it elaborated on? And I feel like I'm getting that out of the final two episodes of Pam and Tommy, which I think I'm done with. I don't think I'm going to finish the last two because Dan, I was loving it. And then the further it keeps going with this story, it's like, it feels like they're just making shit up just to make it entertaining. Yep. It's getting more and more ridiculous. Yes. It's getting hard to watch because I was fully into it. And I don't know if it was like taking a little break. I think it took like two weeks off or something. And then I had a little bit of clarity and went back in and then I was able to recognize that. But definitely, I'm, I think I'm done. I'm done too. I started the penultimate episode. I got about 10 minutes in and I'm like, we're still on Seth Rogen's character. And in real life, he's not even involved at this point. What is going on here? This is none of this is even. So it may be entertaining. I say if you're gonna watch it, don't look into what the what really happened <laughs> because yeah, it's it, kind of it's basically trash TV. It is. Uh, so, um, by the way, uh, Brian, it was Julia Garner. Julia Garner. Oh, she's good. She's good. Did you watch Ozark, Dan? Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, she was great in the finale. Yeah, yeah. Or the the uh, half finale, half, half finale. season finale. Yeah, we gotta love those, man. You know. I love, I love, I love how Walking Dead's doing it this season. They're breaking down an entire season in three different parts. I love it. You take a, I, I, I fucking hate it because it's like, you, you fucking watch a show and then all of a sudden they take like a two, three month fucking sabbatical and then you don't remember what fucking happened. I hate the fans it. of Doctor Who have been dealing with that shit for years. Yeah, I, I've always blamed Sopranos for this phenomenon. They're, they did such big business by splitting that final season of what at the time was considered the greatest television show that was airing that everyone's tried to like follow suit, you know? 
much like the last Harry Potter book did two movies yeah. and a lot of other franchises did that. Like Hunger I, I feel Games. like Sopranos created this trend. Hunger Games did it. And then on the TV side, Breaking Bad did it for the fifth season. Yeah. The Twilight, the final Twilight movie yeah. did it after Harry Potter as well. Yeah. No. Uh, I did go to the theater this week and I did watch a movie that I didn't put on the list for you guys. I saw The Worst Person in the World. Uh, it's about a young woman battles indecisiveness as she traverses the troubled waters of her love life and struggles to find her career path. Um, it's a Norwegian film. It's directed by uh, Joachim Trier. It's the third film in the director's Oslo trilogy uh, following Reprise and uh, Oslo. Um, and the movie itself, it's structured uh, – differently it's and they tell you at the beginning this movie at the beginning they tell you this movie is broken down into like a prologue 12 chapters and an epilogue and you're introduced to it's all subtitled you're introduced to uh julia she's a medical student when you first meet her and then she has like this epiphany where she wants to become uh get into psychology uh and then after that she so she breaks up with her current boyfriend then she dates one of the professors uh, in her psychology uh, her in her psychology one of her psychology courses and then she wants to be a photographer and then while she's out with her boyfriend who's a model so she's a photographer and she's shooting this model and she starts to date this model then she meets this comic book artist um Axel and He's 15 years older than her and they have a relationship together. And then th- that's when the movie kind of like really kind of starts. We, we see her life over the next four years and, um, without getting into like spoilers and everything, I'm just going to give this movie an absolute Tupperware. It is phenomenal. Like the acting is just top notch. Um, uh, the lead actor. <laughs> Is Axel the titular uh, worst guy in the world? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. Um, but we see her over the course of four years and her dating life and her indecisiveness. And I think at the end of it, like what I kind of got out of it was just like the – Focusing on like that one important relationship and, and I don't want to get into too many spoilers, but, um, her relationship with Axel starts off just hot and heavy. And then, you know, she just like, just like with her career path, like then she, she, she meets someone else. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's a slice of life story and then it, you you see there's moments of like pure happiness there's moments of heartbreak in this um of of oh god i you got to watch this movie it is an absolute tupperware it is just phenomenal and the acting is just top notch and um i i didn't get like emotional or like cry or anything in this but it it does have like moments that might bring that out in some people but I just thought the acting was all top notch. And even though it's like subtitled, you can really get like what they're doing. I don't know. I loved it. And it's only like, I think it's like two hours. So I highly recommend it. 
Worst yeah, I saw that you watched that, and I looked all over town, but it's just not playing anywhere in town. We had, like, two theaters playing it, and I, I'd been wanting to see it. It came out, like, you know, two, three weeks ago, but they just started playing it here. It's really good, Dan. If you get a chance to – it'll probably be on VOD soon, and I would I would highly recommend this one. I think it's really good. I think it's one of the best movies I've seen all year so far. Yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye out. Nice. Yeah. Um, we watched uh, Super Pumped, The Battle for Uber – uh, they've dropped two episodes now by this time. It's on Showtime. It's based on the true story behind the meteoric rise and fall of Uber founder Travis Kalanick, who win, who takes a win-at-all-costs approach to forge a multi-billion-dollar colossus with the help of venture capitalist Bill, Bill Gurley and board member Ariana Huffington. And um, I'm hearing that future seasons – so this is a show, and future seasons will explore other stories of businesses that have affected the culture. So this is just the first season of a, of an anthology. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So like this one is going to focus on Uber, and we've got a cast here of Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Travis Kalanick, Kyle Chandler's Bill Gurley, and then Elizabeth Shue plays his mother in this. And then I saw, and we haven't seen her yet. Uh, Uma Thurman is going to be playing Ariana Huffington and then Hank Azaria is going to be showing up in this series as well. And Wikipedia said, and maybe you guys can confirm this for me because I didn't hear it. It said the first season is narrated by Quentin Tarantino. He's listed in the cast, but it's saying as Tarantino. Okay. I feel like I would have noticed that. Yeah, me too. He's got a real um, cadence to his voice. (laughs) Distinct voice. Yeah. Um, Matt, did you get a chance to watch this? No, unfortunately not. That's all right. Uh, Dan, did you get a chance to see this? I did. I actually watched both, well, one and a half episodes this morning. Okay. Yeah, I've seen both episodes. Jake, have you, have you watched this? Yes, I watched both episodes. What did you think about? <laughs> what did you think about this, Jake? I'm really curious because, and, Okay, let me ask this. Let me, ask, Dan, have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> I've got some comments on Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I think, I think if you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, you have comments on this, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And Jake, you haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street. I have not. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, I liked the second episode more than the first episode. Um, I think the story is really interesting. I think the acting is really interesting. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the stylistic choices the show uses to tell its stories. It kind of drops me out of the narrative when it does its big pause and like show all these graphics and it like kind of relies on that trick a little bit too much. I, I'm more interested in like the relationships between the characters. I think, uh, Kyle Chandler is really stand out in this. I thought he is excellent. And the relationship between um, Travis and the like assistant guy that Kyle Chandler's character puts in his place, I find is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I'm going to give this a, I'm just a regular taste it. Like I think the second episode might've been a high taste it and the first episode a taste it for me, but as a whole, I'll give it a taste it. I I'll continue to watch this. Um, it can't be too many episodes, right? Uh, probably, you know, you're probably looking at anywhere from like six to ten. I'm sure six to ten, yeah. But um, yeah, I thought this was this was pretty interesting. I mean, the story of Uber 
is an interesting story, especially with Lyft existing earlier and ju- just the struggle going on there. But just some of the narration choices and breaking the fourth wall that the show does was kind of kind of weird. Yeah, it looks like we're looking at a seven episode first season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Dan. that's an easy watch. Yeah. I am I am fascinated that they're going to do more. Like, it'd be really cool to see like their version of like Facebook or Twitter or a big social media company. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they'll choose for the next one. <laughs> Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Movie I Pass. I can't wait for the Quibi movie. That'll be amazing. The, the sure. Quibi movie will be in uh, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode will be five minutes, and it'll be made up of a hundred episodes. Um, but, uh, maybe a movie pass movie. Yeah. I'm really curious to know what the comparison between this and Wolf of Wall Street is. Dan, get into that. What did you think? What did you think about super pumped? I'm going to start off by saying that I like Joseph Gordon, excuse me, Joseph Gordon Levitt. I like him, but for some reason, I don't know what it is because I enjoy his performances. I never go, you know what? This would be a great role for Joseph Gordon Levitt. So the reason that I say that is. He comes off in this one kind of like a watered-down Jordan Belfort to me. Um, the comparisons can be made in the fact that he's just his, – his, uh, his bravado when he's speaking to his crew, you know what I mean? The fact that he's kind of like fuck you against the, the system and he's, he's kind of down to do a little bit of dirty to make his, his situation work for him. That's really honestly, Brian, where the comparison came in for me. But – and then I don't know. It was like I just feel like it was <sighs> – I'm not sure he was right for this role is what I'm saying, but I ended up getting into it and I do give it a high taste. It, um, But I'm curious before I go on, like, what did you see as far as your comparisons? But, well, for me, it's like the moment where they're facing, you know, you know, criminal like jail time, possibly. Yeah. If they mm-hmm. don't stop doing what they're doing, like the Department of Transportation is coming after them and they've got people in high places coming after them saying what they're doing. They can't do it. Yeah. And um and he comes out, you know, in front of like, you know, all of his followers and he's like almost like a cult leader, you know, like totally. Yeah. And, and, and same thing was going on. I feel like in in the Wolf of Wall Street where he comes out, like, I'm not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like this big speech. And I'm just like, this feels like it's pulled right out of Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, like he's this just is... missing the microphone. Right. Yeah. And some some little people around and stuff like that. Yeah. That's that's where the comparisons kind of end. For yeah. Me. Yeah. But I totally get that. And it screams it if you've seen Wolf of Wall Street. But it happens in both. There's like there's times in like both episodes where those kind of scenes kind of happen. And I'm just like pulled out of it for that moment. And I'm thinking like Wolf of Wall Street did it better. And that Mm -hmm. but I'm still this story is still super compelling. Like I still want to stick around and see like, you know, how all this like how all this ends at the end of the day. And yeah, and I absolutely like I'm total sucker for like a startup a startup series, you know what I mean? Or I should say a show about a startup series. Right. And, or a business rather. And I just love all the down and dirty shit that happens. I, I really, really enjoy that. So I think regardless of whether or not, you know, the first episode grabbed me or not, I probably would continue just because I want to know the story of Uber. I mean, it's something yeah. that has changed the world. It's changed our lives to some degree. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I, it's I like, don't know exactly what happens, but I do know something really bad happens for the creator of Uber. Like, I, I didn't really follow that when it was happening, but I don't think he has any, like, control or shares or any involvement in it anymore. Yeah, I think he sold off – oh, God, I was just looking it up. Terrible memory. I think he sold off his shares, and I want to say, like, 2019. It wasn't that long ago, actually. 
Yeah, but I, I swear it was more than just him selling it to make money. I think he got in a lot of trouble. Hmm. Well, I just made this for some reason. I do like how it's kind of like a chess game and, you know, where he'll make a move and then and then they'll, you know, they'll they'll make a move against him. And then he'll he'll do something else to, like, get people back on Uber and they'll try to steal their drivers away and pay them more. And because the, you know, Lyft is now tipping the drivers and Uber doesn't you know, tip the drivers. And so now they're, I, I'm just, I'm really liking this back and forth that he's having this struggle with, but it's, it's almost like, okay, you know, we've got five episodes left. What else can you really do here? So it'll be interesting to see what happens throughout the series. I'm going to give it a high taste as well. And I'm going to continue to watch this one. It's a, you know, it's a show that drops on Sunday. It's on Showtime. I do find it entertaining. I think the performances are good. I, I never thought about, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt the way you just put him, Dan. Like that mm-hmm. is, that is something I've never thought about. Like if you're fan casting something, you're just like, oh yeah, Joseph Gordon Levitt would be great in that role. I've never, I agree with happens. you. Like I've never kind of like thought about him in like that way it, he just kind of like pops up and stuff right you know yeah, it's not really a knock because he usually does a great job yeah I yeah mean, i forgot what that show was called that came out on apple tv not too long ago that one bored me within minutes oh but, the one that got canceled yeah yeah that's right i don't even remember the name it was of it, like but, mr something right yeah yeah but he usually does a great job and i find myself enjoying his work but i just never ever think oh that would be the perfect person to star in this i don't know why that is yeah no i i agree like i you know i i find myself doing fan casting all the time i just never think of throwing joseph gordon levitt's name out there for anything what's the best joseph gordon levitt movie that's a good question for me, it's I really like that movie. Oh, five hundred days of summer with Bruce Willis, where he played uh, Looper. Oh, Looper, the Ryan Looper. Johnson movie. That was a dope movie. I like that. Yeah, one. it's a great movie too. But yeah, I agree with it's you. A Jake. Good performance by him in Looper. Five hundred days of summer is probably my favorite too. I, I did love the scene in this when he uh, shadow banned the uh, Fred Armisen character. Yeah, yeah the gray ball technology. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Oh man, yeah this this was a cool show. I and like. I vaguely know enough about what happens that I really want to see, like, this show's take on it. You know, I'm kind of excited. I really feel like there's a big fall for this character. Yeah, yeah. As someone that grew up with Karate Kid, it's weird to see Elizabeth Shue, like, playing the mom of a grown-ass man. Yeah, it's always Adventures in Babysitting for me. That's... yeah, that's the movie I always relate her to more than breastfeeding and a superhero. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that works for me, but it does. (laughs) (laughs) There's your kink. (laughs) We got it out of Matt. No, not mine. Oh, (laughs) who got a chance to watch Shining Veil on Stars? I did. I did. Nope. Sorry. A dysfunctional family moves from the small city to a small town after Patricia Phelps, a former wild child who became famous through writing raunchy female empowerment novels, is caught cheating on her husband. The house the family had moved into is a place where in the past terrible atrocities have taken place. Nobody seems to suspect anything odd except for Pat, who's convinced she's either depressed or possessed. Pat has been sober for 16 years, but begins to feel very unfulfilled in life. She still hasn't written her second novel. She can't remember the last time she had sex with her husband. And her teenage kids have grown up to the point they don't want their mother in their lives. But soon, the demons haunting the family's new home begin to appear much more real. This one stars uh, Courtney Cox as uh, Pat Phelps. 
uh, Greg Kinnear as her husband, and then uh, Myra Sorvino plays uh, in a, like a like an entity, a, a ghost or something in the house. Uh, Rosemary. And, um, yeah, Jake, uh, two episodes have dropped of Shining Veil. I've watched both episodes. Uh, for, I'll start off. Um, I don't think this is the greatest show, but I don't know why. It's like, but I just keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's like, it's, it's like the books that she writes, right? You know? I mean, it's like the same, you get caught up reading those fucking, uh, those raunchy sex books. You know? <laughs> Are you passing them around in your mom groups? Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm sitting in the tub, Calgon's taking me away, and I'm reading about, uh, you know, uh, I remember, I remember I, I was working construction when I was like, uh, 19, and me and a buddy found one, and it was called The Pirate and the Pagan. And we, oh, yeah. and on, on lunch break, we started, uh, reading this thing, and it goes in, and the words they would use, and like, and then I was talking about, and then he rubbed her mounds of pleasure, and I was just like, oh my god, this book is sexy as shit, and it, like, it's got a Fabio guy on the front, and fuck, I was like, what the, <laughs> and, but we were reading the shit out of that fucking book, the pirate and the pagan, Jake, but. Uh, <laughs> What did you think about? Sh- I I don't know. I feel like it, it's 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 like they're like thirty minute episodes. Uh, I'm gonna give it a taste it, and it's probably something I'll at least give maybe another couple episodes because we haven't gotten a lot of Myra Servino in it, and so I want to see kind of like her interactions with Courtney Cox in this. And I love Greg Kinnear, so I'll watch anything Greg Kinnear's in. But uh, what did you think about Shining Veil? Oh, I hated this show. This show was a toss-it for me. It, it made me mad. I, I thought on paper it sounded really great. Like, I looked it up. It had Courtney Cox. It had Greg Kinnear. The premise seemed really fun and interesting. But I don't know. This show never found a lane in two half-an-hour episodes. It was really never very, like, a thriller. It was never very scary. If it was a comedy, it really never made me laugh. I think the only time I slightly chuckled was when uh, Greg Kinnear was trying to carry the coffee machine in one scene. Just the the physical comedy of Greg Kinnear for a moment made me laugh. But I don't know. This show just – it didn't have anything for me. It just seemed so bland. I found that really unfortunate because it's not that it's a subject matter that I'm not interested in. It's a great cast, but – I don't know. The the writing is just not very sharp in this show for me. I I, I did not like it at all, and I – I don't really care if the ghost is real or in her head. I I'm completely checked out of this show. I'm done. <laughs> I don't. I'm like. I don't know why I'm engaged when I watch this show, but I'm just like. But I'll give it a taste. It. It's a taste. It for me. I don't think it's the best thing I've ever seen, and I don't know if I'm going to finish the entire thing. Dan, what did yeah. you think? So my wife's into this show, so I know that I'll end up probably following through unless she drops off of it. And I've only seen the first episode, and I was kind of like passing through the house during the second one. Um, it's not what I expected. At first, I was thinking that it was going to be a little more on the scary side. And I will say that I do like Courtney Cox's performance. I think she plays a very good, like, damaged person. You know what I mean? Um, and Greg Kinnear, of course. You really can't go wrong with him. It's just that – so watching the first episode, I'm thinking it's going to be more like a uh, house on Haunted Hill kind of thing or something like that. Yeah. And it just ends up being something by – the, by the time Mira Servino shows up, it ends up being, to me – it's like giving me the impression of like a Sunday night um, ABC show, something like I'll go back, something like, uh, I don't know, Desperate Housewives or something. You know what I mean? It starts having that kind of feel to it just in the last part when Mira Savina shows up. So I really don't know what to think of this show. 
I know that the first episode had me and I was like, okay, I can, I can do this, but my wife, she's going to watch it. So I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll find out as I go, but I'll just give it a taste it because I don't really know enough about it to really, you know, have a strong opinion, Yeah. but it, it didn't bother me. I'm kind of with you, Brian. It's yeah. something that I think I could just watch just cause it's, it's on, right. but <laughs> no, I don't know if man. I'll be going back and making it a point to be like, hey, it's it's time. Let's watch it. You know, so Jake, Jake, I'm with you. Like, I don't know what the hook is yet for this show. Like, I don't know yeah. what the what the hook is. I don't I think it's it's moving a little slow for me, this show. And I and even with the second episode, I was just like, they they still haven't given me enough. But on the flip side, there's just. So, so much going on in the show that it, I, I'm, I, that I always feel engaged with what's going on, but it's not the best thing I've ever seen. So it's just a taste it, but yeah, everyone's just so unlikable in this show too. And not that you have to have a likable character in a show. Some of the greatest things ever have, you know, all unlikable people. Yeah. I mean, I don't Tony have to... Cox is so hard to root for. I think both the kids are super fucking annoying. Um, yeah, this, this show, the little kid, the little, little brother was really annoying. Yeah, yeah. I I just don't know. Like if you I trust you and if you're like, man, episode six, this show completely readmits itself and actually like you're not gonna believe the twist. I I'll check it out again because it is really short and digestible, but I uh, was so much T V out there I had to toss this. Waste of talent. Yeah. I feel like I'm saying this prematurely, but I just I don't see myself talking about this in December. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just I don't think it's gonna grab me that way. I could be completely wrong, but I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a very forgettable series for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. if I, I might watch one more episode, but it might get lost in the mix, you know? Um, as oh, far yeah. as like, this is, this is a lost in the mix show. Yeah. As far as like likable characters and stuff like that, it's, I love Breaking Bad, but at the end of the day, like there's no likable characters in that. I mean, I guess you, you see what I'm saying? Like, Oh yeah. Like it can be done, but I don't know. Like, I just want to like Courtney Cox in a movie. Like I want to root for her character, and she's just so unrootable in this. Oh, I hate her in this. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like she's mean to the moms group. Like she's done terrible things in her past. Like <laughs> it yeah. seems like she doesn't have regrets in certain areas. Like it just makes it really hard. I don't. It maybe she's typecast, and it's just so against character type that it makes it off putting. But it really does for me. Yeah. Um, this might be another thing you didn't get to watch, Matt. D- uh, I know it's not premiering over there until March 18th. Uh, fresh. It dropped on Hulu here. Yeah, no, not, not for me. Okay. Sorry. Okay. This is a tough one to talk about because I don't want to spoil it. it. It, the plot follows a young woman who starts dating a charming man. Dan, I saw online you posted and I agree with you, but I, but in a way, here, let me explain. Dan, you posted, you know, on the Heroes of Noise Twitter, like, watch fresh. Don't look anything up about it. Just watch it. And I was, I was watching it and I, I text my mom and I was like, mom, watch fresh. And then all of a sudden it gets to the big twist in this movie. Yeah. And I immediately texted my mom back and said, don't watch this. <laughs> too graphic or yes like it's like i can't see there are going to be some people that are going to start this and think it's one thing and then the the then there's the big twist that happens in this movie and 
I'll get to my thoughts on that stuff here in a moment. But um, yeah, this one's directed by Mimi Cave. It's a directorial, directorial debut. It's from a screenplay by Lauren Kahn. And it stars Daisy Edgar Jones as Noah. And uh, Sebastian Stan uh, plays uh, Steve in this. And um, yeah, Dan, talk to me about... Uh, Talk to me about fresh. I don't, how do we talk about this one? I love that the rating system is what it is for this. Yeah, yeah. The rating system cracks me up for this. Too. Yeah, I thought the same thing too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting to smile about that one all week, gentlemen. Like, is it taste it? <laughs> yeah. I feel, like, I feel like the word is out there. I, I think this movie has a, a pretty strong amount of buzz going for it, and people I mean, know. Even, even. Even then, I've just read the synopsis and I can work out what's going on in the fucking movie. Well, do you want to give a do you want to give a spoiler warning on this one, Jake? I think it's safe to talk about the first half an hour spoiler free, honestly. Uh, up until the open, up until the title card, in my it opinion, is, it is difficult to talk about if you really want to. I mean, if you break this one down, it gives away pretty much everything. That's the only problem. Yeah, I don't think we need to break it down. But I think you can tell the hook. I think you can tell the elevator pitch here. There are two posters for this that I've seen, and one of them is very telling. Versus play, play the spoiler warning. All right. I'll play the spoiler warning. This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dick hole. You have been warned. Spoiler pussies. All right. Floor is yours, Dan. I fucking love this movie. It was something that I wasn't expecting, and I did go into it much like I suggested going into it. Just I'd heard a little bit of buzz and, uh, you know, of performances and that it was a fun movie to watch. But that was literally it. The poster did kind of tell me in the direction it was going. The second poster that I saw anyway. But I just hit play and I just fucking enjoyed this movie so much. I think that uh, I haven't been giving Sebastian Stan the love that this man deserves, to be honest with you, because. You know, my first experience with him was MCU related, and I like Winter Soldier and everything like that. But, I mean, there's not a lot to chew on dialogue-wise with him. You know what I mean? And then I discovered, like, I, Tanya, and I went, oh, this guy can actually act his ass off. Was, it, was, he so, in, was he in Logan Lucky? He was in Logan Lucky. Yes. Yeah. Another great one. And uh, so I'm really pleased to see that Sebastian Stan is getting work that's other than the MCU now because he's got a lot to offer. I mean, even we were just talking about Pam and Tommy. I think he's fucking great in Pam and Tommy. I'm just bored with the story at this point. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, and the fact that it's a lot of just bullshit that's yeah. coming out. But for something like this, I just think he's great because he's got that look. You know, he's the handsome guy that can be charming and everything. But then there's that whole twisted side. I don't know how far down the spoiler rabbit hole we're going, so I'm still kind of staying vague about things. But um, yeah, and then. I just liked his his uh, his twisted character that he has, you know, a little bit of uh, American Psycho in there. You yeah, know, the I was thinking Patrick Bateman. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just loved all of it, man. And I just think that they uh, Daisy Edgar Jones. I'm not sure I've really seen her in anything before, but she was fantastic. I think she was a great lead. Everything about this one was just so much fun, and I've kind of been talking about it all week with people. Like, hey, check it out. I'm not telling you why. Just check it out. So, totally fun movie. Possibly, possibly my favorite thing I watched this week. Uh, yeah, so total Tupperware for me. Yeah, Jake, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a very high taste. I, I thought this movie was very good, too, and I had a lot of fun. I unfortunately 
I guess, did know the twist before I saw the movie. Um, I just kind of saw the buzz out there, but it didn't really ruin anything for me. And man, yeah, Sebastian Stan, this is probably maybe the performance of his career. Like he is just so great as, as this character, like just super charming and then just boom, like a switch, you know? And, uh, I thought the thing keeping this from being a Tupperware is it could have been a little bit shorter, a little bit tighter. And I thought the character of the bartender tonally was kind of detracting from this movie, if, if you know what I mean. Like, the stuff going on with him was borderline silly, where the rest of the movie seemed very, very serious and chilling. Um, I thought we could have done without his storyline completely and tightened yeah, this movie up. it was almost unnecessary. Up. Sorry, Jake, I mean to talk over you. Yeah, almost you're unnecessary. fine, you're fine. Yeah, just tighten this movie up a little bit and it, it could be a Tupperware, like running at a smooth like 100 minutes and just boom. Um, but yeah, it was a great movie, great performances all around. And and yeah, the less you know, kind of the more fun it is. But I would say if you're a squeamish person, then I, I'll give you the squeamish warning. Like there's definitely like, oof, this movie gave me a bit of anxiety just not knowing what I was going to see as opposed to what I did see. Yeah, I, I'm gonna give this a, I'm gonna give this movie a Tupperware with an asterisk that I love. Kind of like, um, I do love thriller kind of stories and 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 this, but the but the big twist here and the way it's kind of shown, it did make me a little squeamish, Jake. Like I, I didn't. It really gets my brain working too much where I'm actually thinking about what's actually happening here and it just kind of fucking grosses me out. Like Exactly. You're your own worst enemy. Yeah. Like yeah. what I thought was worse than anything I saw. Right. Yes. Yes. Like I think the movie's a Tupperware. Performances are just top notch and I'm not going to knock it because of like my squeamishness or like because I think it's fucking great. But – at the same time, it's like all the fucking thoughts running through my head as I'm watching this. <laughs> it was really hard for me to. There was a point in it where I was like, "Can I even finish this?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to finish a plate of what she was eating and me trying to finish this movie. It was just fucking. Yeah, I, it was. It was really hard for me because, like, I really get into my head with this kind of shit. Um. Man, I know you don't want to. I know we have the spoiler thing out, but it's like I don't want to. I know ruin this movie. You know? I know. I will say though that his. Uh, how can I say this? His first um, punishment to Noah. That was fucking brutal. Yeah, cold blooded. Yeah, <laughs> just like oh god. That's where my. That. That's where I mean, my brain keeps going because I'm thinking about the other women. And her oh, talking yes, to them, yes. and I'm just like thinking to myself like. And then there are scenes where they just show him going to work on on something and you and I'm just I'm just I'm just like oh my god this is so nasty. Yeah. <laughs> so. This movie made really great music choices during all those scenes too. This movie yes. had really great music taste it and did. Uh, yeah anytime you get Sebastian Stan doing his dancing stuff is always hilarious. Uh yeah, I'll give it a Tupperware though, and it, it's going to be a hard movie for me to ever watch again. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, yeah, I guess a we, lot of people said that. I just, I think I'm just so versed in horror that that didn't really phase me that much. I just, I love all that. Dan, there's shit, certain, but. there's certain, there's certain horror that I just can't get into. Like I, no, I feel you. You can tell me about fucking, you know, Human Centipede all you want to. Will I ever watch it? No. 
that one's even too much for me. <laughs> so this is like this is kind of straddling that kind of like line where Let me ask you, did you like Tusk? No, I hated it. I don't like Same bo- reasons. I'm not, yes, I'm not a big body horror kind of person yeah. unless I'm watching something in science fiction like The Fly. Like I can dig that when it comes to body horror, but like right. real morphosis is one thing, but actually mutilating and, and reconstructing, that's a whole other thing for you. Tusk, yeah. by the time you get to the end of the Tusk and he's a walrus man and I am just like, I am grossed out. It's fucking horrifying. I am just, it is fucking horrifying and I'm just grossed the fuck out. I just, <laughs> I was so grossed out by that movie. Well, you're supposed to get levity from those Johnny Depp and their daughter scenes. Ugh. You like that movie, Jake, so stop. I did like it. I thought the first half was way better than the second half. Yeah, I did not like it at all. It was terrible. <laughs> Tusk grossed me the fuck out, Dan. Don't watch Terrifier, then. If you don't like gory, you know, mutilation things, There, that is the – I know we're not talking about that, but that is probably the tip top of the gore. This one particular scene, it's just brutal. I used yeah. to. Watch- I'm a sucker for good production, though. Like that's the difference between like Fresh and Human Centipede for me. Like Fresh grosses me out even more because it's like presented in such a realistic way. Where like Human Centipede, I, I break down the fourth wall and because it just looks so terrible that I don't ever buy into the actual body horrors that are happening. You know. I used to I when, I, when I was uh, when I was like a teenager. I used to just fucking seek out like international B movie horror and thrillers and and stuff like that. I remember renting this, this fucking movie where this guy parachuted into like a jungle and there's like this tribe there. And as soon as he lands, they just start stabbing him and then they just fucking like slit his stomach open and then just start as he's alive, they're ripping out his intestines and eating him as and I'm just like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> Don't watch Bone Tomahawk. I, I I've already that. seen Bone Tomahawk. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, it's brutal, but I enjoyed it too. So, all right. So that's fresh on Hulu and it gets a... You, you need to watch this, Matt. This is a must, must watch for you. It's really good. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out when it comes out over here. We just talked about a movie that had excellent music choices. Let's talk about one that had terrible music choices: The Adam Project on Netflix. I don't. Are you, would you guys agree with that? Oh, I like the music choices in this movie too. Oh I'm God, fan. What's that? They, they didn't offend me. Oh, I was just. I thought they were so uninspired. Like I love those songs, but I just felt like they were so uninspired in this movie. I guess I'm on an island of my own here. Um, the Adam Project on Netflix. After accidentally crash landing in 2022, time traveling fighter pilot Adam Reed teams up with his 12 year old self for a mission to save the future. It's directed by Sean Levy and written by Jonathan Tropper. Um, and it stars Ryan Reynolds, who also produces, uh, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Garner, Walker Scoble, Catherine Keener, and Zoe Saldana. Also want to point out that, you know, Ryan Reynolds, uh, going back into the past and meeting his 12 year old self from, uh, uh, yeah, he's from the future, meets his 12 year old self. And then he, his parents are played by 13 going on 30 stars, Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner. I thought that that was, did you guys catch that? Oh yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, Matt, we haven't heard from you. 
What did you think about the Adam Project on Netflix? Um, I had a really good time watching this movie. It was it wasn't anything surprising. It was very by the numbers, very by the book. Um, but I'm a sucker for Ryan Reynolds anyway. He can pretty much make anything, and I'll enjoy it. Um, and I, I think, yeah, I, I give it a, a high taste. I think on this one. Here's the thing with uh, with Ryan Reynolds as of late. I feel like he is just, they have just like said to him, just be Deadpool in everything. Just be the witty. He was doing that before Deadpool. I know. He was doing it and waiting and all. Hold on. Let me finish my fucking thought here, Matt. (laughs) But they're just like, just go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that. And so he's doing this. He's doing his thing. He's doing the Ryan Reynolds thing, the snarky quick wit thing. And then you'll have some people saying, like, oh, that's all he does in movies. He just does that all the time. And then then you've got a fucking actor like Will Smith, and he's like, they're like, oh, that's all he does. And then he tries something different, and then people bitch about it. So I think I, you know what, Ryan Reynolds, just keep doing what you're fucking doing. If that's what, if that's what, if it ain't broke, don't fucking fix it. You don't have to go for a fucking Oscar or anything like that. You don't have to do it. Just fucking, you know, yeah. If it works, he will, just though. do it. He'll have his Truman show. I hope not. I hope he just fucking sticks. Just do what you're doing. Don't listen you know, to everybody oh my else. God, I can't believe that's Ryan Reynolds in this Holocaust movie. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! I, I did think that the um, the kid really mimicked Ryan Reynolds' comic delivery very yeah. well in this oh, movie. He nailed it. Yeah, the kid was really good. Uh, Walker he must Scope. have really sat and studied. Like, I know, I know, you know, I'm not saying Ryan Reynolds is a great fucking thespian actor, but his deliveries are quite original. You know, they're quite original to him. Yeah, and that kid just nailed every single one of them. You would have thought, you know, she well, well done to him. Uh, I, I liked I liked Ryan Reynolds a lot more in this than I liked him in Red Notice. Correct. So I could handle you know all the snarkiness and wit and all that stuff in this one. I, and I did like him, you know, bouncing off the twelve year old version of himself in this one. I thought it was a lot of. I'll also give it a high taste. Dan, what did you think? I fucking love this movie. I really did. I was not expecting it to be as uh, heartfelt as it was. You know what I mean? Because I do get in behind that. I like Ryan Reynolds a lot, too. But after Red Notice, where we're just beat the fuck over our heads with Ryan Reynolds, I was a little shell-shocked. You know what I mean? So going into this, I was looking forward to it. But I was just hoping that it was going to be a little lighter on the the Reynolds-esque delivery that he does. And I think that it was a perfect balance, man. I think he did a really, really good job in this. And you guys are talking about him getting a, you know, his Truman show or something. Obviously, this isn't it. But it's nice to see him playing it with a little bit of heart. And I think he does that excellent in this. And his playoff, you know, or his, uh, those two playing off of each other, Walker Scoble, the young Adam, and then Ryan Reynolds as a, as big Adam, they just did so great together. And the only thing that I think I have, uh, a problem with in this movie, is the de-aging of Catherine, Catherine Keener. I was going to say the same thing, dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, they tried, and it wasn't that bad. I've seen much worse, but it was the only time in the movie where I was taken out of it. Like, oh, okay, this is where it the money did It was a bit jarring, go. wasn't it? Yeah, it's like, this is where the money didn't go, you know? But, um, yeah. I mean, I love Mark Ruffalo. Zoe's great. They're all great, and I just think that, you know, and I do love, I love 13 going on 30. That's just a, I got a soft spot for that movie. So to see them back together again, I just... There was I just liked everything about it, man. And 
Brian, I think we've been here many times talking. I, I'm just a sucker for like dead dad shit. You know what I mean? So, so I, it, it definitely, uh, there was a point where I thought I had a little something in my eye, but that's just me. I don't expect anyone else yeah, to have I, the same reaction. But yeah, I really yeah. liked it. I think it was a nice change of pace for Ryan Reynolds. And uh, I'll fuck it. I'll give it a Tupperware. Dead dad shit is great. Like fucking frequency. <laughs> <laughs> that should be like, a, like if you walk into like, like let's say you walk into a 1995 blockbuster, they should have you know horror, science fiction, yeah, dead dad section. You'll always see me there, dead fucking crying section, fucking great. Rick contact and I, spoilers. Yeah, one of the employees is like, where where do I put Ghost Dad? Where? <laughs> <laughs> you got me on a technicality on that one. Yeah, what, 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 where do I put? I don't know where to put Ghost Dad. Do I put it in comedy, supernatural, or Dead Dads? I don't know where to put Ghost Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the big test before you get the job at the old video store. Where the they, final test. Yeah, they watch you. They watch you as you put Ghost Dad on the shelf. Where is he going to put it? Oh, <laughs> uh, he puts the interview man. Do they do the fired. Ghost Dad test? <laughs> What's that? That must not have been that good anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know if you were talking to Jake or me. If it's me, it wasn't good. I I was talking to you, Dan. Just go ahead and eliminate that. I I, I just didn't hear you. I wanted to hear you. Um, I was just saying, how was the interview, man? Did they do the ghost dad test on you? (laughs) It wasn't worth the wait. Yeah. Um, Dude, my older brother says to put ghost dad in dead dad section. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be manager next. Real soon. Um, yeah, uh, Jake, what did you think about the, the Adam project? Yeah, I absolutely love this movie. This was a, this was a Tupperware for me. This movie really took me by surprise how much I really enjoyed it. It was definitely very silly and cheeky and goofy at a lot of parts, but that was kind of its charm. And it, it was the style throughout the whole movie. I mean, scenes were like, kid ryan reynolds is covering his eyes and he can't decide where to go but he's still outmaneuvering everyone perfectly like it's very like silly and you kind of have to suspend your disbelief but once you get there it's just so much fun and um yeah i'm not gonna lie this movie got me really emotional A, a lot of its themes about family and just like cherishing every moment that you have with them because you never know what's going to happen next like really hit me strongly emotionally and this movie got me to shed a tear a few times throughout the movie i mean so it was just a lot of cornball fun i enjoyed the music choices in this movie and uh i i liked the the time travel rules as well like some movies get that stuff really dumb but i i thought it was just enough here to understand what was going on without being convoluted and confusing and yeah, I just thought this movie was a great ride. I, I loved it. When the dad is telling them, you're like, don't tell me anything. Don't tell me anything. I kept waiting for Ryan Reynolds to be like, okay, Doc Brown, but he never did. <laughs> but I like how they did acknowledge, you know, Back to the Future. But then I was hoping that they would have acknowledged Back to the Future when the guys showed up uh, from the future riding on literal hoverboards. Yeah, it's hilarious. I was like, nobody's gonna talk about the fucking hoverboards. I was like, okay, uh, but I, I, this was a, a surprisingly fun movie. I think like the third act for me is kind of, I'm not saying it fell apart, but I just didn't enjoy it as much as I think like the first half of the movie. The third act was the was the worst act. Like the most fun you have is just all the interactions going on with all the all the different characters. Yeah. Like I love the stuff with the bully in the first half of the movie. It was, yeah, it was really really good. I and, liked him uh, seeing his old. Older self with uh, you know kind of like he's wearing uh, uh, a tank top and he's like 
he's like you're ripped <laughs> and he's like he's all impressed by like what he's turned into when he gets older but like the older adam knows that like you have to get bullied to become this guy and you have to do these things to become this guy and i don't know i really i i did really enjoy most of the stuff that was happening in the first half and then like we didn't really get to like a lot of the action with like the villains and stuff like that until we're like 35 40 minutes into the movie they show up yeah, they spend a lot of time character building, and I think it really helps this movie out. I, I, there's a lot of heart in this movie, and mm-hmm. I, I just did not expect that. I'm not used to seeing Zoe Saldana not green or blue. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a great point. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, I forgot what Zoe Saldana looks like. She's always fucking green or blue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I had this thought with this particular movie. It had to have been The Forest, right? And we've seen stuff like this before a bunch in our lives, but it made me realize like that chasing with the hoverboards. It made me realize like how spoiled we are these days with technology and, and CGI and stuff like that, because I don't know why it, it didn't. It kind of gave me like an indoor chase vibe when they were doing that, like, even like crashing into the trees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just an amazing thing to see like this now, whereas like when we went to the theater to see this movie, see Jedi, for instance, that was just like the coolest shit that no one had ever seen before. Now it's just like so commonplace. You know what I mean? So I feel like we're we're pretty lucky to have this technology. We're living in a good time when it comes to movie making. Yeah, it was so hard to do that. Like that was such a set piece. Like back then, like movies would have just one or two mm-hmm. big set pieces. And now these movies like this have like eight of them. Yeah. Right. We're spoiled. We're definitely spoiled now. And I still think that that fucking um, chase in Jedi still fucking holds up. It's still – it oh, yeah. still looks yeah, great. great. Yeah. So what are your thoughts now with Sean Levy, you know, taking the uh, the reins for Deadpool 3 after you've seen two movies now? We've got, was it, Free Guy in this one? Oh, I had this in Marvel News, but we can talk about it now. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about it now. Um, yeah, Sean Levy is going to be uh, the director for Deadpool 3. And um, if... If Ryan Reynolds is down with this, I'm down for it, man. I, you know, that's, I, that's who I trust with, with Deadpool going forward. It's not like, I trust Kevin Feige with the MCU, but as far as like trusting Deadpool, I trust Ryan Reynolds. And if Ryan Reynolds is down for Sean Levy to be the fucking director of this movie, I'm, I'm here for it. So we'll see what, what, and I think they do need a change after, after the the second movie, I do think that they kind of need to pass it off to another director. So I'm willing to give him a chance. What do you think? I just Dan? like how he brings that heart to his characters. You know what I mean? Same thing with Free Guy. He just brings a certain element that I personally haven't seen in Ryan Reynolds in his performances. And there like is it. there is definitely some heart in the first Deadpool movie. That is a that is a romance movie, and yeah, it, that's at its true. core. Yeah, that's true. So there's definitely some heart there. Um, mixed in with a bunch of fucking, you know, dick and fart Big jokes. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really like the Adam project. Do you think we'll get anything? Do you think that it's just a one and done or do you think like with everything that, that cause you know, Netflix is going to come out with something and they're going to say the Adam project was the most streamed movie we've ever had. <laughs> right. Yes, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I bet it's a one and done. It seemed to kind of wrap itself up pretty well. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. So did the Tomorrow War, and we're getting a sequel to the Tomorrow War. So 
great point. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, it did wrap itself up. Uh, yeah, I don't, I do think that maybe even more so this wrapped it up. Right? I mean, the whole... Oh, definitely. The whole project is... Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you come back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't trying... I'm trying to spoil, but yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty final. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who got a chance to watch uh, Winning Time on uh, HBO Max? I did. I did. No. Oh, Matt! Do you, oh, you don't, you don't have it over there, do you? I don't have HBO... No, I don't. Don't have it. All right. Winning Time, uh, a fast break series that goes back in time to chronicle the professional and personal lives of the 1980s Los Angeles Lakers basketball team, one of sports most revered and dominant dynasties, a team that defined an era both on and off the court. It's created by Max Bornstein and Jim Hecht, uh, based on the book Showtime, Magic Cream, Riley and the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty of the 1980s by Jeff Perlman. And uh, the first season chronicles the 1980 Showtime-era Los Angeles Lakers basketball team featuring notable NBA stars Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Got a cast here of John C. Riley as Jerry Buss, Quincy Isaiah as Magic Johnson, Jason Clark as Jerry West, Gabby Hoffman as Claire Rothman, um, and uh, Solomon Hughes as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Devon... Nixon as Norm Nixon and Hadley Robinson as Jeannie Buss. And, um, uh, Jake, I'll start with you. Um, curious to hear what you say, uh, think about, uh, about this. What did you think about, uh, winning time? It was a middle of the road taste it for me. Mm. Um, it, it wasn't terrible. I'm mm. just, the subject matter isn't something that I care the most about. And I got a little bit tired of the Adam McKay thing where we're turning and talking to the audience a whole bunch in this. Like, I, I can smell a lot of that's going to be happening. Um, my favorite part about this was probably, uh, Jason Clark as, as Jerry West. I thought, I thought he was just outstanding. That, that was an amazing scene. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I might watch this when it's completely done and I can just binge it at some point, but it's nothing that's on my must watch list. I, di- I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Dan, I'm kind of with Jake in the sense that I'm going to wait. I'm not going to get my rating just yet, but I'm going to wait until it it stacks up a little bit before I continue, because I found myself wanting to binge this one right off the bat. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, I like that it, <clears throat> excuse me, it focuses on the time of the Lakers where, you know, they make it a point to say, hey, you know, what's missing from this team? Oh, yeah. Like black people, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and how they. They were like really trying to wipe the whole the whole Lakers out a bit until uh, Jerry Buss got involved, and John C. Riley does a great performance. I think I always like him. I, I've kind of got like a soft spot for him, and he can pretty much do anything. And I'm going to be into it. But I do enjoy the playoff of like the two Jerry's. Um, uh, Quincy Isaiah as Magic Johnson was really good. I, I, but again, I've only seen one episode so far, so I don't know how much he really has to offer in this. But I like the way it's shot. I do agree with Jake again that I don't like the whole fourth wall breaking thing with it, and that is definitely an Adam McKay thing. So, you know, if you're not a fan of that, you probably won't enjoy this. But so far, so good. I just find myself with with certain shows, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm cool waiting week to week. This one, for some reason, I want to binge it. So I'm going to hold off a little bit. Um, But I will go ahead and give the first episode a high taste it. Man, oh God! I, I I've watched this twice. The first time I I I 
first time I liked it. The second time I loved it. I love this. This is, I don't mind the fourth wall breaking in this at all. I, I, I think it, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I really enjoy it. Um, I, it's gonna go, I, I don't know how far it's gonna go into this. I think the, the beginning kind of alluded to where they're gonna go. You know, it, we, it starts off November 5th in 1991, and this is two days before Magic gives like the big HIV announcement. And, you know, he's, le- he's leaving the clinic, and, and, um, so I think maybe that's where they're gonna kind of end this in, yeah, that in, was my assumption. In 1991. Um, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of basketball and a huge fan of this time. And I think that what McKay's doing here, it's kind of like a, a love letter to Jerry Buss and like what he kind of accomplished here. And he doesn't pull any punches either. I mean, he really, there, there's some stuff that a lot of it's accurate. A lot of this is accurate. There's some stuff that they added, um, like the whole one-on-one pickup game between him and, um, um, Norm Nixon. Norm Nixon. That never happened in real life. Um, but the guy playing Norm Nixon is his son, Devon Nixon. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, I like how they did, you know, they, they, they go over how Larry Bird was already going to the Celtics. And you're talking, and it's like, okay, so he hasn't played a game in the NBA. How is he going to the Celtics already? Larry Bird was the sixth pick in the 1978 draft the year before. And he went back to play college his senior year, but he signed a five-year contract with the Celtics. And so he was able to join them the next year, 1979. And, and, uh, that's one of those, that's one of those weird things I don't think you can do today. Um, Magic Johnson at one point in time when he, right before he gets drafted, him and Cookie break up and Cookie is his, that's his real life wife. Um, so the, the girlfriend that he had on the porch, he ends up marrying her. Uh, I love, I think the best performance in this was Jason Clark as Jerry West. I loved, I, that's what I love about the fourth wall breaking shit is cause he starts to tell you stuff that you didn't know. Like I didn't, I always, I always thought Jerry West was like, just a nice guy and he goes on to say considered a true gentleman of the sport to everyone who does not know him and i was just like blown away finding out about like this hot fucking temper that jerry west has um i don't know if he threw that fucking trophy out of a fucking window or not but he he definitely did not want to draft magic johnson he thought he was too tall i don't know if he ever thought he didn't want to draft him because he smiled too much and thought he was soft. But I do know he didn't want to draft him because he was too tall. And I love they get into him losing to the Celtics six times in a row. And they keep showing Red Arbach with the fucking cigar. And, and just him getting pissed after all those losses. Um, I love the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar filming airplane yeah. scene. It was <laughs> Roger Murdoch. So good. I loved that when, was a great scene. I loved when they showed Donald Sterling and they called him an asshole in, in the subtitles at the bottom. I mean, Donald Sterling owned the Clippers and this guy was like recorded on a phone call that got, uh, got out to TMZ. Huge racist. 
And so he has nothing to do with basketball anymore. Huge piece of shit, Donald Sterling. And um, after the first watch, I was just like, I didn't know what to think of it because the way that they were kind of the, the stylistic choices that they that they made with this show. So I was like, I'm going to watch this again. And I watched it again. And I love this show. It's an absolute Tupperware. And I can't wait. I'm going to be watching this week to week. I love how they film it, too. They make it look like grainy old sports video. And I wonder if it'll start to clean up as we get a little further on down into like the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. But um, I, lo- I think the guy that plays Magic has got the smile down as close as you can get it. I think he... Um, they even had the same actor doing the same pose on the front of the fucking magazine. And he looked, it looks just like that fucking cover. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I, I love this. I love how he fucking Jerry Buss gets the team off that guy cook and gives him half of the property and half in cash and then calls his bluff at the end and then fucking gets the team and ends up on the court. And he's like, I fucking own this. And I was like, I love this. This is so fucking cool. I just want to see this whole period of time of Lakers showtime. And I want to, I want to see his now I'm, I can't wait to see magic's interactions with Kareem. Cause that was Kareem's team. Yeah. And Magic comes in here as a six foot nine point guard and it becomes showtime. And they go on. I, I think he I think he ended up winning five championships with the Lakers, if I'm not mistaken. But um I cannot I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see this. This this is a this is a must watch for me every Sunday when it drops. Yeah, I'm definitely I, I just gotta let it stack a little bit, but I think you're kinda winning me over. I am teetering on a Tupperware. Uh, it really was like excellent, and the, even the intro song, the "My Favorite Mutiny" by the Coup, one of my favorite hip hop groups. Like everything about this is just great. So maybe I'm a little more steering towards a Tupperware. I just want to see more of it. Yeah, I think to- I think it's I think seeing more of it is definitely gonna affect your rating, Dan, because it could go it could go up or down from here. But I think, man, the what I like about the fourth wall breaking stuff is he's taking time out to tell you stuff that wasn't said out loud right, while yeah. these things were going on. He's letting you in on the secret of like, this is how this, this is what we really feel about this guy. This is what's really going on here. And I, I think it works here. I think it works here. Kind of like when you're reading a book and the book will give you quotes from characters and then all of a sudden it'll tell you, it'll let you as the reader in on some other things. That's kind of like why I'm digging this. No, you're right, Brian. Actually, I think that what you just said when you were saying it originally kind of won me over because I don't really care for the fourth wall stuff, but you're right. It's very informative. Yeah, it's it stuff, yeah. take away it's from stuff it. that so you need to hear, and I don't need to hear it from a narrator, really. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's like you've got a guy like John C. Riley in there that can kind of deliver on that humor. And even sure. some of the side characters um, come in and say some funny things every once in a while in like a fourth wall breaking thing. And it's nice to hear it from their mouths and see them kind of like react. Like when um, uh, I think Gabby Hoffman's doing a great job. I, I really like how her original boss is like this chauvinist and and uh, treats her like shit. And then Jerry comes in and he's very much like he sees how valuable she can be for the company. Because didn't he say like she was the first woman to um, sell out an arena for like a big like rock event or something like that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I like how I like how this I like how this is kind of uh, showing his relationships with other people. I, I 
I'm, this is, this is just, this show's made for, for me. I think it's made for basketball fans. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really digging this, man. Yeah. You know so, what? I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and revise. You're right. You what kind of won me over. <laughs> this is a Tupperware for sure. This is the show that broke up uh, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Do you, yeah. do you think that's justified now after seeing the first episode? A hundred percent. Why was that? I just read it and I can't remember what that was. Was it that uh, Will Ferrell wanted to play Jerry Buss? Was that what it was? Correct. Yeah, I yeah. just learned this last week from Paul. Um, he said that, yeah, he wanted to play Jerry Buss. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree that the uh, fourth wall breaking does work better when it's an actual like narrative of something that really happened. Like it, it is a tighter way to inform you about things that you couldn't find out just through, you know, conversation. So, yeah, it, it's still just like, I don't know. It's such the ad. If it wasn't the Adam McKay trick, it wouldn't like make me roll my eyes as much. But it's just such a device that he always falls onto. But this is a better use than in some movies. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for the next episode. I I'm loving this, and I hope that they. I don't know if we're do, we're gonna get more seasons of this with like other kind of like sports teams and stuff. But if they are if they're doing yeah, it, with I'm, the title they might. I mean, the winning time. Yeah. You know, co- co- Colon. Colon, yeah. It makes it sound like it could be anything. I would love to see, you know, you know, let's do like a, I don't know, Dallas Cowboys or something. You know, do a, do a Boston Celtics thing. Um, I mean, I would, I would absolutely be down for it. Magic Johnson's not watching this. The, oh, really? He stated that? Yeah, he, uh, yeah, it was in a, in a variety article he said uh he will not be watching this he says you cannot you know you can't duplicate what we did um nobody can duplicate what we did for showtime um and so he's not watching it and i don't blame him i i mean if it was if if they were showing me or something and something i probably wouldn't be i probably wouldn't want to watch he's yeah he said uh i'm not gonna watch now, if the Lakers or myself or some Lakers have something to do with it, then I would. But it's just you can't copy that. It's just too much. First on the court, I mean, we just did our thing. It was up and down and then off the court. Because unless you were a Laker or you're a Bus family member, because you can't duplicate Dr. Jerry Bus and the Laker girls and Paul Abdul and what that meant. I mean, it started on the court and it went all the way up. And that was his interview with Esquire. So he is not going to be watching this. But, man, I think that the actor that they got playing him has really kind of, I think, really nailed his smile and kind of charm and charisma that Magic had. Because Magic had that, man. Magic Magic could win people over. He, he, That's unfortunate for uh, Quincy Isaiah that Magic wouldn't be a bit more involved with it. I, I'm sure that's a bit disheartening for him. Right. I mean, yeah, you know, no, a hundred percent. Like, you know, um, a lot of times when these actors take on these roles, they get to, they get to meet the person and, you know, kind of get a feel and talk to them. And it sounds like, but is that, is that really, is that Magic Johnson's fault or is it the fault of the, did they reach out to him and say, Hey, we'd like to have you involved? Yeah, unknown. But even like on a different level, like even just knowing, hearing what Magic Johnson thought of your performance, even if he wasn't going to let you be like an understudy, just like after you did it, let's hear what my idol thought about how I did portraying him. Yeah, but if, it, it's all, it's also Magic's decision not to watch this either, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not – I'm just saying it has to be disheartening for Quincy. I'm not saying whether it's wrong yeah, or right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I see what you're saying. 
I see what you're saying. Yeah, it'd be nice to hear it from the guy himself. Like, oh yeah, you did a great job. And he, it's I think it's weird for people that are having movies made about them, like these biographical movies that are made about them. Because personally, if it was me, first of all, it's gonna be a fucking boring movie. But I would spend most of the time just going, I never said that. I didn't do that. I didn't. You know what I mean? I would like pick it apart. Yeah. I don't know if I could actually watch it with an optimistic view, just because I'm always into like paying attention to myself so much. Do you know what I mean? And my mm-hmm. quirks. And, stupid shit I said and things like that. I, well, the I first time you're watching something in your movie, Dan, and it's like, that didn't happen. Like, that never happened. That's fucking, you know, I'd be out. I'd be like, fuck this. This is bullshit. None of that mm-hmm. happened. You guys are just making shit up. <laughs> no, I, I, I like, and you're not showing me masturbate in the bathroom enough. Like, that's a, yeah. that's a big... You gotta sign the right, the right dotted lines before they make that movie, so you have, you know, complete, cre- like, creative control. Like, you get a final sign-off yeah. on any script. But then, and now, now, this is where me and Dan part ways on agreeing with each other. Then, when you get that kind of shit, that's when you get that Queen Bohemian Rhapsody movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, to, to be fair, I didn't go as hard as someone else did. And I've kind of turned around a little bit on it, but I see your point. Oh, really? You've turned around on? Well, I, I've watched uh, Bohemian Rhapsody a few times just to kind of, and it was actually after our just, dis, not disagreement, but our, you know, differences of opinion. And I start picking things apart when I get a little more insight. Man, I'm not so saying you're wrong for enjoying that movie. No, I, I enjoyed just, it. I still enjoy it. Yeah. It's just, I think I uh, may have gone a little harder because it was like, uh, it was fresh in my mind. Do you know what I mean? But once you yeah. get a little time away from it, you start to pick it apart a little bit. Trust me, that fucking watching that concert in IMAX was fucking incredible. Oh, that was dope. Yeah, for sure. Loved yeah. it. Absolutely. It's an enjoyable think, movie, but it's just really frustrating. Yeah. I just feel like, I feel like, you know, he led an R-rated life and I think that they kept it a little tame. Yeah. It's like the doors for kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 doggy doors. Yeah, it, that's the thing. We all know. We all know the R-rated life happened. So yeah. to to not portray it or show it at all is just like everyone knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm sorry I brought yeah, it up. It's trash. <laughs> it's not trash. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's Brian Singer trash. <laughs> Oh yeah, Brian Singer. Yeah, it's easy to shit on Brian Singer now, isn't it? Really yeah, easy. I, it was pretty easy back then too. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, the Boys presents Diabolical. It's uh, dropped on Amazon Prime. Is it eight, what is it? Eight episodes? Yeah. Yep. I've watched four and a half, so I'm in the fifth episode. I I, I watched the first episode like early in the week. And it was the Laser Babies Day Out. So this is a spinoff of the boys. It's an animated anthology series. And uh, I watched Laser Babies Day Out. And I was like, this is dumb as shit. <laughs> and I said, I love the boys, but this is dumb as shit. So anyway, today comes around. I've watched everything. So it's like, uh, uh, let me get back to that. Maybe I, maybe I need to watch, you know, a few more episodes. And, uh, each episode's different. So, and, and the animation style is different in, in each of the episodes. And then the second episode was, uh, it was like, it was like they had the Rick and Morty team, like Justin Royland. And yeah. it was, oh, uh, man, it was kids, all over the, the, uh, the, the soups kids. Yeah. It was uh, animated. It's, uh, where p- pissed off soups kill their parents. So the, the second episode, you've got like, uh, you know, Vought Industries makes like this, uh, this, this, uh, drug that, you know, turns, 
kids into superheroes with powers and shit, but like these are the powers that developed that were just like crappy powers. So the parents wanted nothing to do with their child. So they just, so Vought basically had them and he had uh, one kid, the the kid booby face, the kid that had tits on his face. <laughs> that was that was voiced by Kevin Smith. That's oh, awesome. Really? Yeah. Christian Slater was the narrator. Uh Justin Roiland played Papers. <laughs> um uh Oh yeah, uh Keenan Thompson was uh most uh slow-mo, was it most slow or slow-mo? Moslo. Moslo. Yeah, Keenan Thompson was Moslo's dad. Um Second episode was a little better, but it was still kind of stupid. Um, and then I, I really liked, I loved the f- third episode. I'm your pusher. Absolutely oh, loved yeah. it. That was, that was a Tupperware for me. <laughs> that was a fucking Tupperware for me. I fucking That's because it was it. written by the man. It was written by fucking yeah, Garth Ennis. And it was fucking, it was great. Simon Pegg was voicing, uh, Wee Huey in that one. And uh, Anthony Starr was voicing Homelander. I I love that episode. And then I got into oh Boyd in 3D. I watched that one as well. And I I, I think I what was that one? What was that one about? That's when they had the uh, kind of like the dysmorphic. They both wanted to be something different. So he took the V and he became the real handsome stud. Yes, and she took it. She was like that cat the person. Cat. I kind of like that one. I like that one. Um. And then the fourth episode was like the Aquafina episode, uh, fifth episode. And I, I got halfway through that one and she takes the fucking chemical and shits out some kind of. <laughs> it's absurd. It's absurd. Yeah, it is, it is absolutely ridiculous. You know what? This, these are, these are like 15 minutes long. It's like watching like an adult swim cartoon. And I think it's just like, you're gonna like some. You're gonna you're gonna not like some, and you're gonna love some. So it's it's definitely worth watching. Uh, it's it's a gra- it's a it's a mixed bag with this one for me. It's like this one's a you know this one's a low taste it. This one's a toss it. This one's a high taste it. This one's a Tupperware. It, it's just all over the board. I think I've got you know I got about half of the season left. I'll finish it, but um, you know it's nothing that I I think that anyone has to watch. In order to, you know, get current on the boys season three coming out. But it's just, you know, fun, easily digestible fucking shit. Dan, what did you think? Yeah, this is something that I didn't, I don't really think we needed this. You know what I mean? As a fan of the boys, the comic and the shows, I just don't think we needed this. But like you said, there's there's some good, there's some bad. It's not really harming anything. You know, it's not something that... If I didn't want to watch it, I wouldn't, you know? So it's it's one of those things that'll just sort of, again, probably not be on my radar at the end of the year. But as the series progresses, there are some better episodes, I think. Okay. Um, I was a fan of the the Nubian versus Nubian, and uh, that, was, that was actually a really good one. And it does tie into the first uh, season of The Boys. I don't know if you recall that, but there was the um, – uh, Madeline Still I was trying to talk to – I think it was one of the – like the mayor of like Cincinnati or something like that. She's like, look, we can get you Nubian prince on a good deal. Like they're tying that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so that was kind of cool. I liked it. Uh, well, you haven't seen it yet, but uh, he names, <laughs> he names his balls, uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. So I'll give him, <laughs> I'll give him credit for that. Wow. Um, Elizabeth Shue is back and I like that. But here, here's the thing. Once you start getting towards the end, there is this, uh, I think it's the seventh episode. It's called John and Sun He. And holy shit, dude, it's like really, really heartfelt. It's 
I'll let you watch That's it. But the it's Andy basically... Samberg episode, isn't it? Uh, was it? I'm not. It was, it was written by Andy Samberg. That's the cancer one, isn't it? Yes. Oh, sure as hell was. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It's yeah. It involves cancer. It was amazing. It was so good. Yeah. It's about this man who's basically going to do anything he can to keep his wife alive who's dying from cancer. And the way that it ends, it's just it was very touching. Like I was okay. like, oh shit, the boys kind of <laughs> came with a heartfelt one on this, and it really kind of brought up the. I don't know. I guess the rating overall, because I was like, eh, this one was kind of shit. I didn't really like the whole Aquafina one was kind of funny, but it's so absurd that in yeah. comparison to the rest of them, I don't know if we really needed it or not. Yeah. Um, I'll agree that I'm your pusher was probably my favorite episode, but then the one plus one equals two, the final episode where it's heavily on the, the like the, I guess kind of the origin of Homelander. Really like how they did that one too. Okay. So, okay. I'll yeah, stick. So I'll it's stick definitely with worth it. continuing, you know, to watch. Yeah. And I think that if you're a fan of the boys, you're going to get some enjoyment out of this. But again, it's something if you don't watch it, I don't think it's really going to harm anything. You're not really missing much from it. It's not going to take away from, you know, the lore of the boys. Much like this college series that's going to be coming out at some point. Do we really need it? No. Is it going to be good? Maybe. And I'll watch it if it is. But. um I think I just average it out, and I'm going to go ahead and just give it like a middle-of-the-road taste it. There is some really good in this, and then there's just some eh. Man, I think the boys, I think they're going for, I think they're after the fucking Walking Dead for a number of spinoffs they can fucking make. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just it seems kind of greedy to me in a way. Like, I don't know if it's really necessary, but Walking I'm not going to hate on it. Walking Dead has Fear the Walking Dead. They had that fucking, what was it, the, the show with the kids? That, and now they're doing a fucking Maggie and Negan series, and we're yeah, gonna I've get been a move for a while. That was uh, that was surprising. And we're gonna be getting a uh, fucking uh, Norman Reed Maggie uh, no uh, Carol and Daryl series. It's like oh my god, how many Walking Dead projects do we Milk have? That cow for all it's worth. Oh my god, yeah, Matt. What did you think about uh, the boys? Uh, I'm right there with Dan. There was some good and there was some bad. I mean, the Andy Sandberg episode was just my favourite. I like the Rick and Morty one, but the rest of them uh, and the last one that, that Dan was talking about, the, the Homelander origin story, was was really good. But they were. It was all a bit kind of hit and miss. And I, I, the Boys is such a rich, like, mythos. The amount of stuff that's in the comics, they could have done so much more with it to make it more relevant to the series so that it did tie in properly. But you didn't, you know, you could make it so you didn't need to watch this. But if you did, it gave you those extra little bits that you would could pick up through the show. So I think they kind of missed a trick. But, you know, it was entertaining enough for what? Two hours of television. Yeah. You know, yeah. everything. So like every every episode slightly different. There's some great voice actors in there some great writers you know it's all right give it a watch if you like the boys but don't get your hopes up that it's gonna change if you don't yeah i think it, i agree with dan that it was kind of unnecessary like we didn't need this i like do we really you know i mean i guess they wanted to keep like the hype train going for the boys but we're getting season three like in june it's coming Did so the train quickly. never stop you know i don't think it i don't think the a train ever stopped dan <laughs> nice no. I know. Did you like that? Yeah. <laughs> Very impressive. Very good. Topical. <laughs> I was like, man, <laughs> I hope Dan says a train again. He did, he did. I can say a train. I can say a train. <laughs> we planned that early in the week. We did, we did. We don't plan a lot, Dan. No. But we did plan that. 
And yeah, he's showing a peek behind the hit. curtain. It doesn't have the same yeah. effect. And, well, no, it, it went off without a hitch, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> he's just jealous that he didn't think of it, Brian. Yeah. I, I think it home landed with the audience. Okay, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? One thing to mention, though, if you're a boys fan of the comic, um, I'm trying to think. The only one that really stood out to me was this one particular character. But if you want to see some of the characters that don't get mentioned, let me say a character that doesn't get mentioned in the comic. Uh, I believe it is the episode that was done by Garth, but they give some love to Jack from Jupiter, who was in it for a very short amount of time. But it was kind of cool to see Jack from Jupiter show up in this anthology thing. Oh, okay. So he doesn't show up in the the main uh, live action his, series. His story doesn't go very far. Okay. Yeah, Jake, I don't think you're watching The Boys, so I don't know what you thought of this. Yeah, I've never seen a single episode of The Boys. Um, I don't know. I, I just miss, missed it when it started, and it was just kind of maybe a little bit of superhero fatigue. But, you know, so many people that I trust have said so many good things that I probably need to hunker down and watch it here pretty soon. Um, oh, man. Got to get on it. I watched the first two episodes of this, and I thought they were both insanely brilliant. They were both Tupperwares for me. Um, I really loved the first episode. I I know it's kind of silly, but it it was like that Steven Spielberg, like Tiny Toons, Animaniac style. There's never a single line of spoken dialogue in the whole thing. And it, it's kind of what I wanted Cuphead to be, just like a combination of music and craziness and not like any convoluted plot, just an excuse to uh, show fun and cool animation. So I, I really loved the first episode. I thought it was brilliant. And then uh, I thought the second episode was was extremely brilliant, too. I, I thought the Justin Rowland stuff was really, really, really funny. I, I laughed so much during that 15 minutes. And I stopped. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I think maybe I need to watch The Boys before this spoils anything in The Boys. Like, I didn't have any like knowledge of what was going on here. If this, this was just like pure spinoff fun or there's going to be big like episode spoilers that I'm going to get if I watch more. I saw the next one was written by Garth Ennis and I was like, oh, I should probably stop. Hmm. Um, I think you're OK. I think this is definitely something that's just kind of by itself. Yeah. And again, it's because it's not really necessary. I don't think that they're going to you're going to miss anything. Yeah, I just love the good boys. It's going to. Yeah, you're I not going to miss it by not watching it, Jake, but you really, really should. Like, it's just going to yeah, make yeah. these episodes so much better. This really made me want to start watching it more than anything, honestly, because I, I just really love a good animation anthology series. And just the first two episodes were so good. I, like, felt guilty watching any more without, without watching the actual show. So Yeah, go with that. You need to watch it. You're going to love – you're just absolutely going to fucking love the show. The show is fantastic. It's so fucking good. Um, let's yeah. talk about – oh, go ahead, Jake. Oh, can we break real quick? <laughs> of course. For you, yes. Oh, man, sorry. It's a, it's a bad coffee episode. Of course, Jake. Jake needs to go potty again. We'll be right back, everybody. <laughs> we all remember. And if you don't join the Pop Culture Leftovers Patreon – we will eat both of your arms, and then both of your legs, and then we will eat your face right off your head. You will be this armless, legless, faceless thing, won't you? Rolling down the street like a turd, in the wind. Head over to Patreon.com and join now for only $6 a month! All right. Hey, we're back. Uh, let's jump into, you know, we were just talking about the boys, and the boys... I think the boys does 
this kind of, you know, gritty take on, you know, DC and Marvel superheroes really, really well. Um, I want to talk about something I think that doesn't do it really <laughs> well. Uh, and that is the Guardians of Justice on Netflix. Um, after defeating Robo Hitler and ending World War III, the peace has been maintained on Earth for 40 years thanks to the alien superhero Marvelous Man. In 1987, this peace is thrown into chaos with Marvelous Man's death. Marvelous Man's former lieutenant, Nighthawk, played by Diamond Dallas Page, investigates his death with the help of the idealistic hero, The Speed, in order to prevent a nuclear war and World War IV from breaking out. It's a satirical superhero comedy on Netflix. Uh, it's part live action, part animated series. Uh, it's about the Guardians of Justice and how they save the world after their leader commits suicide. It's created, directed, and written and executive produced by Adi Shankar. It's uh, part of his bootleg universe productions and it's a satire of DC Comics and the Justice League. And uh, I typically love everything Adi Shankar that he's involved with. I love Dread. I love his bootleg universe. You know, uh, Venom, Truth, and Justice. I loved his gritty take on the Power Rangers. Um, I am two episodes in, and I refuse to watch anymore. I this is this is absolutely motherfucker. It's absolutely terrible. I am. So fucking over this show, and oh my god, Matt, what? Talk to me. This is a toss. I, dude, right? I was so fucking sure that I was gonna die on the hill of tossing this shit that I watched all of it, ooh, just to make sure that I was right in the fact that this is fucking trash. So fuck you for making me watch it. I didn't make you watch all the episodes, Matt. You could have, you could have <laughs> right bailed at any time, dude. Uh, Jesus, I, Brian, I, why'd you I make Matt so, do that? I was so well, I was so sure that you guys were going to love this. I thought like, I've got to watch it because I've got to make sure that I've seen it so that I can just go. No, this is shit. That's really fucked so, up of you, Brian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, I am. Oh God, I just put you through this torturous viewing of it's the Guardians taken of Death. Me seven days to watch this. I've watched an episode every morning. <laughs> And then I did two episodes this morning. I was like, right, I've got to finish this fucking shit. Man, I... This, and then I've done a, I've done this, and then a boy's, cha- boy's diabolical chaser to oh, God. me up. God, yeah, man. I, I'm, dude, props to you for actually finishing this. Like, It gets so much worse. <laughs> what? Denise Richards doesn't save this? No. Dude, I didn't know Jane Seymour's in this. Really? Are you kidding me? There's Addison Walker. I didn't. I'm just looking at the cast list now. I was like, I know, you know, Dennis, Denise Richardson and, uh, Zachary Byron were the two I wrote, noticed of, as people that I recognized. And then Jane Seymour is listed as Addison Walker in seven episodes. Is there an episode where Nighthawk does any, uh, DDP yoga? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I was just curious. I'm just curious. Oh man. Matt. So you went through how many episodes were there? Eight. It's <laughs> <laughs> only like a half an hour. This is they the, don't feel like it. No. I feel like Addy Shankar was trying to do something kind of like give Netflix like their own version of like 
the boys here and doing and doing it in it with his own style, doing it with a mix of animation. And man, none of it works. None of it works. Absolutely none of it works. Um, and it's the a story is so convoluted. <sighs> it is, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, this is an utter, <laughs> this is an utter toss it for me. Dan, what did you think about the Guardians of Justice? Oh yeah, toss that shit, man. You know, and I was thinking about it when I was watching it. I'm like, okay, again, we're very spoiled in this day and age, right? So, We've seen a lot of this already. After the boys, I mean, you could even one could even argue after Watchmen, we've just seen a lot of this gritty superhero stuff where there's a lot of dirty shit going on. And I don't know if like if you took all of that away, if we didn't have the boys or anything like that, would it be any better? Because I mean, it's a completely yeah. bonkers story, and I, I have to say, no, it yeah. probably yeah. wouldn't be. Um, I think I would be able to recognize it as shit even without all the other things. You know, uh, it draws a lot of like different inspirations from different like uh, franchises and stuff like that so to me it felt even the two episodes that i saw and i'm with you i refuse to watch anymore uh i struggled through the second episode mm-hmm. i was getting a lot of like styles like they're trying to go for like that 87 robocop kind of thing maybe like, very very pa- little very paul verhoven when it comes yeah. to yes with yeah. like the commercials and messaging and stuff like that very pa- very john carpenter music mm-hmm. yes, it yes. All, yeah it was all there you know, a little bit of escape from New York in there, even a little bit of like Mortal Kombat. And I just, because of all those things. Oh, God. Like yes. <laughs> Very yeah, Mortal Kombat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but because of all of that, it just didn't save it. I don't know if they were going for like, well, let's just give them a lot of familiarity with things and maybe they'll grab onto it a little bit more. They'll gravitate to it. And I don't know if that's it or they just didn't really know what the fuck they wanted to do with this show in the first place. Because it's all over the place. And to me, it was very... Um, it was just disruptive to the way I think and watch something. It was just too much going on. It was like it was like a uh, like a strobe light in a series form. I think. You know what I mean, I think Addy Shankar was like you know he's a producer on Dread, but I think he was really reined in by the director and the studio. And with his bootleg stuff, there it's really short, like fifteen minutes, and he gives you an interesting, gritty take on like you know characters that you're familiar with. Like I've always wanted to see him do something with the turtles. This, on the other hand, this was just like Adi Shankar just did like the longest line of cocaine <laughs> and just and and it was it was almost like he fucking. Yeah, he did the longest line of cocaine mixed in with Michael Bay's dead ashes. Like it was just ridiculous. This is this is the biggest toss that I've seen this week. Absolutely. Worst thing I've watched this week. Terrible, terrible. Jake. Jake's gonna yeah, be a, Jake's yeah. gonna Tupperware this shit. No, it's a it's a toss it party. I, I watched the first two episodes and the the second episode was like the television equivalent of waterboarding. Like I didn't know if I was gonna make it out alive. It, it was so fucking bad. Um God, Diamond Dallas Page is so terrible. And it's you know, a lot of times I like the gimmick where let's make something campy and bad and fun on purpose, but there's just no charm to this at all. It's like devoid of all spirit and life. Like it, it, it's never like quite campy or silly enough to like be a really just fun time that you can laugh at. Like it, it tries to be very serious at points and it, you just never get it. And, and yeah, this is just the deluge of like, you know, superhero stuff that's a little bit R-rated. Like, Netflix just tried to do this with uh, Jupiter's Legacy just a year ago, too. And that's the name I, of it, yeah. 
Sorry yeah. about that. I was th- trying to think of the name of that so I can reference it. Well, that's a great fucking comic that just was not adapted well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree with that yeah. too. But oh, yeah, just the casting is is just so terrible in this, and they're not fun. Like I get you want to cast terrible actors to be in your terrible looking show about terrible superheroes, <laughs> but you want to make that thing also not terrible at the end. Like it, this is just no fun whatsoever. I yeah. Wow. Like, I don't even know how to communicate with the person that loved this show. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't really hiding it either as far as like, you know, I I guess it was intentional, but like those direct, like you're totally fucking, what was it? Um, The God Killer Bullet. What was in it? Calgonite? Kryptonite? You know what I mean? It was just so on the nose that it was kind of eye rolly. Yeah, this might have worked as like five minute episodes, but to have these yeah, things be like thirty minutes or forty five minutes long, like you just there's just nothing to sustain that whatsoever. Like if this was five to ten minutes an episode, I could see it being a fun diversion, maybe even a taste it. But oh my gosh, what a commitment, Matt! That's <laughs> fucking I'm impressed. insane. Yeah. I'm embarrassed, but to, to give you some spoil, just you know, to entice yeah, you, to yeah. away. <laughs> it gets incredibly homoerotic towards the end of the series. What happens? Marvelous man is in love with the Brainiac character. That's why he killed himself. And it <laughs> seemed like him and Nighthawk had an affair, and then he wiped Nighthawk's mind so that Nighthawk wouldn't remember it. And it, it's all really weird. Does de- does does Denise Robin character? Does Denise Richards as Laura Lewis find all this out? No, but she's having an affair with King Tsunami. The stupid <laughs> fish thing. <laughs> it's just really fucking stupid. But oh it's not God. funny. Stupid. <sighs> Yeah, none of it. None of it made me laugh. I think I'm probably laughed laughed in the first episode. Other than that, it wasn't funny. It was just an overload of your senses with mm. as much different pop culture imagery and and style as you possibly can, with an occasional semi decent choreogra- choreographed fight scene put in the middle and a bit of blood. Yeah, there was no substance or story to it. it just it was just awful, and I'm ashamed that I watched spent fucking like four hours watching it i absolutely love the fact that you you watched all of it yeah it's amazing i love it (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, man i can't i can't like episode five matt i'm gonna have you on for this i'm gonna have you on for season two (laughs) yeah all right I'll be, I'll be like, Jake, so what did you think about season two? I'll be, Jake will be like, I didn't watch it. And I'll be like, I didn't need it. Matt, Matt, Matt's like, hey, you motherfuckers. I watched all 10 episodes. Oh my God. If this gets a season two, I'll be mad about every Netflix cancellation that ever happened. I know. You cancel the OA, you cancel fucking Glow, and the, but you keep around fucking Guardians of Justice. What in the fuck? Pukerama. Mm. Cheap to make. Let's talk about, uh, last thing in Good Pop, Bad Pop. Let's talk about Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max. Uh, Matt, you probably didn't get to watch this either, did you? No, I God didn't. damn it. You would love this too, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's super unfortunate. The year is 1717. I'm too busy watching, uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> The year is 1717. Wealthy landowner Steed Bonnet has a midlife crisis and decides to blow up his cushy life to become a pirate. 
it does not go well. Uh, the series is loosely based on the real life of Steve Bonnet, uh, an aristocrat who abandons his comfortable life and family to provide himself as uh, a pirate during the golden age of piracy. Despite having no aptitude for the role, uh, sailing aboard his ship, the Revenge, Captain Bonnet and his dysfunctional crew struggle to survive against deadly threats from naval warships and other bloodthirsty pirates. And uh, the first episode was directed by uh, Taika Waititi, and this one stars uh, Reese Darby as Steed Bonnet, Taika Waititi as Blackbeard, uh, Ewan Bremner um, – plays uh, Buttons, a grizzled pirate. He was uh, in train spotting. And then Christian Nairn plays uh, Wee John Feeney, and he was Hodor in Game of Thrones. And what is it? Three episodes have come out of this so far? I think three uh, episodes. I, aren't they all out? I thought, yeah, I, I watched six. What the fuck? Are you serious? They're all out? There's quite a few out. If well, not shit. I thought I only thought three episodes were out, so I only watched three. But I fucking love this show. Yeah, this show's the fucking greatest. Yeah, it's a Tupperware for me. Yeah, Dan, what'd you think? Uh, I kind of had a feeling this was going to happen. <laughs> um, I got to be honest with you, I did not care for this at all. And let me let me explain why. Like, there's a lot of good in this. The cast is great. Um. I know there's a whole demographic of people that just appreciate that particular type of humor, but I'm watching this and it's not terrible. Like it's not in, you know, I mean, obviously you guys already say that it's not terrible, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, this isn't terrible. It's got this great cast and it's clearly a comedy. It's not that I haven't seen something like this before, but I just, I just didn't laugh when I watched it. I'm just, I was, I watched like four episodes of it and I honestly did not laugh one time. I'm not saying that it's not like, like it's just completely unfunny shit. It just wasn't. It didn't. It's all like frequencies, guys. You know what I mean? And it didn't really resonate with me. It. Yeah, Comedy it just didn't part. resonate. I don't understand. I mean, I, I'm a fan of Taika Waititi. I think that these days there's that, you know, that um, that formula. Well, let's just throw Taika in, and it's gonna it's gonna obviously you know raise the viewing a little bit. And he does fine in it, but it, I don't know. It just didn't really hit me. So yeah, sorry, but I actually tossed this one. You just think we like we laugh at stupid shit, Dan. Yeah, but I wasn't going to say it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I get it, man. I think there's a lot of people that are going to really like this and just get it. But for me, it just like if I'm trying to find the funny, then there's a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I I, know, I, I feel I, bad that I went first now. I wasn't the I wasn't the biggest fan of the first episode, but I think it really hit its stride in the second. And I, I was worried that after the first episode that it was just going to be like slapstick kind of like fish out of water comedy. But then it had like, I think it, I think they add a little bit more, um, meat and substance to the story by the time you get into episodes two and three. And, um, I, 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 I like that because I, I kept thinking like, is this just going to be like, um, humor like, like, uh, cause I love like blazing saddles and, and stuff like that. Um, is this just going to be like a Blazing Saddles or Airplane or something like that? But it was like a Monty Python. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I started to really get into the into the show by the second and third episode. Um, what about you, Jake? Yeah, I love this show. It, it was an absolute Tupperware for me. Uh, I watched all six episodes. Um, yeah, I just think I didn't. You know, the trailers looked intriguing for this show, and I thought it was just going to be like straight up pirate comedy. I didn't realize it was rooted in like something that really happened to a real person, which kind of gave it a whole nother element of emotion for me. It wasn't just 
silly comedy. It's actually like seeing this this man and what happens after he leaves his family to to do this thing. And I, I really, really was taken aback at how how much I enjoyed it. And man, I thought it was hilarious. I I agree. The first episode was the weakest, but man, it just gets better and better and better. And um, I think Black Pete was my favorite character in, in the whole ensemble. He just really cracked me up every time he was on screen. And uh, yeah, I, I love all the hallucinations that happen with the main character. And yeah, this this show was a lot of fun. The perfect length. Every episode is like just a nice crisp half an hour, basically. Oh, oh man, I can't say enough good stuff about this show. I I'm hoping there's more episodes and they just like mega dropped six episodes and there's still like four more to go. But I think this is it. Unfortunately, I, I hope we get more of this, man. I thought it was just, I thought they were, I think I thought that they dropped two and then it was coming out week to week. So I was like, Oh, I, I'm done at three. I got to wait another week to watch the fourth episode. So I stopped. I stopped. I didn't know they dropped all six. Well, shit. Hey guys, not that it matters, but I, I actually write my ratings down and I apologize. I actually gave it a low taste it. And the reason that I gave it a low taste it was because again, you have this great ensemble cast, the productions there. And like I, like I said, I know just like you guys that there's a there demographic of people out there that are just really enjoying it. I get it. It's just not my type of humor. But I just wanted to correct that though. It's, it's not a toss it. It's definitely worth a watch and, and maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't kind of thing. And probably you're going to like it. It's just not for me. I'm not a big fan of your ball of slow tasted. I like to toss it better. <laughs> yeah, I no, just say it's written down. I mean, and honestly, I, I can't. I can't yeah. toss it with an with an ensemble cast like that. I can't. My biggest problem with this, Jake, is the fact that our I don't think our rating system's that complicated. That I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Guilty. I got no excuse. There's, just wanted to make a there's only I think that Jake. There's only five things you can say right with our rating system. It's toss it. Low taste it, taste it, high taste it, and Tupperware. There's five, five choices. He didn't even do one of the middling ones. Like it's easy to get confused between maybe a low taste it and a taste it. <laughs> <laughs> you went from one rating to the next, though. Well, maybe in my heart of hearts, I really did toss it then. Maybe I'm just trying to That's be nice. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, I feel you. But I don't know. I mean, right now, I, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go back to toss it. No, Even I, I, I say yeah, low you taste never, it. You never. Now I'm not Dan. balls though. So you guys, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Let's uh. What makes me come out the, the, the winner in this one? Now I think that. now I think you're more ballist because you caved to Jake. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think you should just just to piss Jake off, keep it at that low taste. I don't know who to agree with anymore. So <laughs> if you want to piss me off, then Tupperware. Then I'd be like outraged. <laughs> <laughs> far from a Tupperware. Uh, Matt, I can't wait till you get to see this. I, I think this is right up your alley. You're gonna love this. Yeah, I mean, I I do love the the cast of this, um, and I I think it's coming out in the next couple of weeks over here, um, so I will be on this to watch it. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be as violent as it is in certain sequences either. <laughs> that really, every time the violence happens, I'm always like, oh my god, <laughs> dude gets stabbed in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has. How does it has its- hold up? Oh, he's, he's great. He's great. And like I said, the fact that he's playing like a, a real character really adds another nuance to it. Like it's like you're studying like the mental breakdown of this man and what what happens to him on this voyage. Like it. Oh, man. It's not just like slapstick comedy for the sake of comedy. Like it's more than a Monty Python sketch. It really has some character substance that I oh, really did not expect. See, he's really hit or miss for me. I mean, I love him when he's acting, but but when his stand up is is almost unwatchable. 
Um, One of the best parts in the first episode is they're they're trying to decide whether or not to kill him. And one of the reasons they decide they shouldn't is because he does story time every night. And they they get the (laughs) other guy that is the only guy that can read. And they try to have him do the voices. And they're like, yeah, his voices are terrible. We can't kill him. That was funny. I'll give you. Oh, amazing. (laughs) All right, man. Ah, Dan, we're going to have to. Oh, the dropout. Oh, shit, Dan, you're right. I just got a text from Dan. No, we do have one more thing to talk about. Dan, I didn't put it in my in my official list and, and, and transfer it over here. But, yes, we did watch the dropout. I don't know what you're talking about, Brian. I was just sitting here. Where are you? I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm glad. I was like, oh, he's gonna bring I this podcast just turned into a fucking Adam McKay movie. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, then it might be good. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, the dropout. I didn't write down any information about the dropout because I am not prepared. Uh it's I, well, hey man, if it helps, I don't have any notes either. If you don't want to talk about it, no big deal. I well, who who watched it? I watched yeah, it. I watched the first four episodes. Yeah, I've watched the first four episodes. Um, it tells the story of Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, Chronicles Theranos. 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 <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the next diagnosis. <laughs> I am. I am just murdering this. Uh, the synopsis. TV series that chronicles Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes attempt to revolutionize the healthcare industry after dropping out of college and starting a technology company. Um, you know, this, this is another one of those kind of like, um, series I can kind of like, uh, put this up there with inventing Anna, which kind of is a little bit of the same thing. Um, and then, uh, definitely like the, the, the Uber show that we're seeing, mm-hmm. like, um, see a little bit of that in here. This this one stands stars uh, Michaela Watkins and Amanda Seyfried in the main role. Um, but um, yeah, uh, Matt, what did you think about the the dropout on Hulu? Um, I mean, four episodes in, it's it's entertaining enough, but it's it's pretty cookie cutter kind of look back at what someone did and really fuck something up. Um, the one thing that I cannot stand, well. Two things I can't stand in the show is one, the main lead. I fucking hate that character. She's just the worst kind of human being I can possibly imagine. Um, and the the weird thing that Amanda Seinfeld does with her mouth and talking is just really bizarre. Uh, I don't know whether anyone else has noticed it in the show. It's just a really. I don't Are know. Are you talking the, about her affect? Is that what it is? Well, uh, yeah, I, I do. I did notice that. To me, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but she kind of reminded me of Mira Sorvino in uh, the way she talks. Romy and Michelle. Yeah, High School Reunion. She kind of yeah. had that kind of delivery going on. I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it just really bugged me. I mean, but it, it's a, it's a, I suppose it's a, it's a taste it at the moment. See how it wraps up. But at the moment, it's enjoyable enough TV. I'll stick with it for the minute. Yeah, I mean, you basically you've got this young girl who goes to Stanford and then gets a bunch of people in um uh the 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 uh chemists and and uh scientists and people in the medical field excited for this uh invention that she's gonna that she wants to make it's basically it's gonna take a drop of blood and be able to you be able to insert it into this machine and then it kind of can give you a diagnosis right there on the spot and it's going to be for 
for a different pharmaceutical company. Like they're going to trying to sell it to a pharmaceutical company. And then it turns into this whole thing where she tries to sell it to either Walgreens or CVS or, or for people to go into their wellness centers and use this machine. The problem is that when she's getting funding for all this and they've built these huge offices and they've hired all these people, the problem is that the machine doesn't work. And they get it to work one time. It's kind of like a fluke. And then they have to – then every other test after that, the machine's not working. And so they have to give, like, this live presentation to the people that are going to be um, uh, funding this. And they – how they, they basically – she she shows they, – they, they pull the the one successful t- yeah, trial they, she run. Yeah, someone back at the yeah. – they're in, I think they're in Oslo at the time, aren't they? And they they do the test and they, 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 they initialize everything. And then they have someone back in the lab in the U.S. send back the original – the test results from the one successful test. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, so it's complete – complete fraudulent test that they commit and right. it's without the notice of any of the engineers that were actually working on it I think she gets some low level grunt to send it back to her doesn't she so she doesn't involve them yeah. um, and it's just uh, what a despicable person she's a despicable person this is based oh. on a true story and it, it, I'm finding it and it's actually this is um uh, this is this story comes from the from an ABC audio podcast apparently I guess it's also called the dropout and um, um, I'm hooked. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be finishing it. I think it's eight episodes, and I've watched the first four. I'll give it a high tasted overall, but I'm kind of hooked. I want to see where the story goes. So, yeah, Dan, what do you think? I want to see it get punished. <laughs> Dan, what did you think? Yeah, it's a high tasted for me as well. Again, I like this whole you know aspect of like startup companies and then i also love the true crime aspect of it like you had mentioned the podcast this is something that i would choose to listen to because i'm into that kind of shit i think she does a great job as elizabeth holmes and she's just so dirty you're right i mean that's you're you're fucking with so many people's lives simply for profit and the fact that she did her team dirty like that it's a very compelling interesting story so i'm i'm fully locked into it i have like three and a half episodes in so far and i'm i'm really enjoying it i don't think there's really a bad performance in it whatsoever i think the soundtrack's pretty good even um now the question does rise though is like how much of this is fictitious you know what i mean yeah, running into, yeah. a, into a pam and tommy situation again i think with a lot of these types of shows we are going to run into that because guess what it makes things more interesting yeah. so I kind of want to cross-reference with some facts on this one and see how much of it was actually fictionalized. But as just for a you know watch straight through a binge watch, very much enjoying it. Yeah, definitely like a high taste. What would be annoying is if like the ABC audio podcast was like a hundred percent like this is by the facts, and then just for like this being on a streamer, then they start to elaborate on this shit. That would be mm-hmm. even, that would piss me off even more if that were the yeah. case. Well, That's it happens so though, Brian. Shit. I mean, if you take something like Doctor Death. You know what I mean? Yeah. That same thing. It was a great story, but a lot of it was fictionalized. Yeah, they, they do it to sensationalize it for the for the for the streaming services. Jake Yeah, a better word. You're right. Jake, what did you think? Yeah, I watched the first two episodes of this. It's a low taste it for me. It was kind of my least favorite this week of the shows we watched, like that's kind of this like biographical na- nature. Um geez, yeah. I don't know. I, I just didn't like how they made me feel sympathetic for Elizabeth Holmes. Like, it seems like that's almost like 
the goal of this show. I, you guys watch more episodes, and you're talking about how how much you dislike her. So I, I guess I imagine they go away from that eventually. But man, the first two episodes really seemed like they were like trying to make me feel bad for this character quite a lot, and it made me a little bit uncomfortable. It's like at the end of the day, you're a scammer, and I just want to hear the story about everything that happened. I don't I don't want to see all this probably fictionalized like guilt trip stuff going on about about her character and home life and everything i i don't know it didn't do much for me i i'm probably done after two episodes uh she definitely comes off more as a villain when she starts to fire the people that helped her get to where she even got later on in this series yeah. so yeah. i know what you mean jake i mean they they, they really do kind of make you feel like almost rooting for her in the first couple of, you know she's got a good idea this could work this could be brilliant and then she just makes that turn in like the third episode or the end of the second episode, and you just suddenly realize she's absolutely fucking scum of the earth. Yeah, See, that's an interesting just, thing to me. Sorry, I'll stop. It was such okay. a public story. Like the difference between this and Uber is I, I'm less tuned in to that actual story, so it doesn't really bother me as much if they're like misinterpreting that character, and maybe they're not misinterpreting. Elizabeth Holmes in this. Maybe this is how it went down. I, I still don't really care for it, and it, it's a little bit distasteful to me. Oh, I'm intrigued. I, I, I'm intrigued by this story, and I want to see what happens to her by the end of this. I'm definitely finishing it. See, and that's one of the big reasons I just don't care is because I, I know with 100% what happens. Already. See, I don't. So that's I'm. Yeah. I'm definitely invested. And it's not, the story's not even over yet. Like you, we have to wait till September before we even find out how this thing ends. Oh. Let, let, let me watch the series and I'll find out, Jake. Yeah, <laughs> you're killing me. Um, Something I find interesting about these kind of shows, though, is that love them or hate them, you know, no matter what they turned into, there's this brilliant human being that somehow made these fucked up decisions to get to where they got to. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So that's just a really that just adds something to it to it for me. I think that's why I enjoy watching this. It's like you're a brilliant mind. Yeah. And you chose to go this direction. How did you get? You know, and it's like how how. I get, I'm always just like kind of sucked in, but like how far can they take this lie and what will they do to keep right. this lie going? Like, you know, that's the whole, like the inventing Anna series that I talked about on Netflix. Um, it's the same thing. And it's just like, I just had to finish it to see where this went. Now, do I, at the end of the day with that series, did I like how it kind of like ended? No, but man, it was a fucking ride watching this journalist cover this story and, and and them unraveling who Anna Delvey really is. And, um, same thing here. I'm just like, I'm sucked into this story. Like this is absolutely insane. You've got all these people, you know, some of them are professors, a lot of people, you know, in the business world that had like a lot of clout and a lot of power and they get sucked in by this one person that is just showing them smoke and mirrors the entire time. I'm, it's just, it's, it, it's incredible how far people can push a lie and especially how other people can get sucked into it with like the promise of huge rewards because they don't want to be the person that didn't get in on the ground floor of the next big thing. Like the, you know, like Uber or, or Yahoo or Google or Apple or something. It's crazy just what people will do to fucking be a part of something that could be this lucrative. Um, so I'm it's, sell, it's selling that fear of losing out, isn't it? it, it exactly. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, man. And that's what that's what's got me into this show is just like 
you know, I do feel bad for all these people that fucking believed like the one lady that left Apple and gave up her 15,000 shares. Yeah. You know, I feel so bad for these people, but you know, in, in, and in inventing Anna, I felt really bad for everybody that she dragged down with her. And that's where the series lost me in the end. Cause they try to make her out as like this good person, this good friend, almost like a folk hero at the end of the day. And it's just like, no, she was just a scammer. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's move on into the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Hey, Dan, I didn't forget anything else, did I? <laughs> I think you're good. I, did, I don't see a text popping up right now on my phone. Sorry, man. I, I put some time into this one here. I wanted to talk about it. No, I'm glad you did. I would have totally forgot, man. <laughs> I am not busting your balls at all. I, that's just me. That's me trying to man, make a joke, and it, it just didn't went, It didn't go. You did great, my friend. You did great. Nah, Don't beat yourself up. Nah, <laughs> You've come a long way since the beginning of this episode. Oh God, I guess. Ugh. Oh man, Brian at the beginning of this episode. Oh <laughs> Jesus. Ah, uh, to, to where we are now, yeah, it's a little bit better. Uh, I don't know if, how much I want to talk about this one, to be honest with you. I am so sick of all this fucking news here. This comes from comicbook.com. Looks like, you know, we're getting a Noah Hawley alien series, which I don't know about. I love Noah Hawley, but the fact, you know what bothers me about this Noah Hawley alien series is the fact that it's like a prequel, but the aliens are on Earth. And it's like, I'm, when I'm watching Alien and Aliens, like, the, as far as I know, they've never made their way to Earth. And I'm hearing, like, in this Noah Hawley series, like, they're on Earth. I don't, it's kind of bother. And don't even talk about AVP and the aliens in the, in the, in the, in the fucking, uh, uh, what, what was that thing? Pyramid? Fuck off with that shit. I don't count that crap. But anyway, there's a new movie coming from Evil Dead, the Evil Dead reboot director, Fetty Alvarez. And this one's getting the backing of Ridley Scott. Did you guys hear about this shit? Mm-hmm. I'm so over Alien anymore, I think. Oh, yeah. They they drilled it into the ground. <laughs> we need like 20 years gap before they even fuck with it again. There's just so many misses. It's just like, you yeah. know, give it a rest and then come back to the plate a little bit later and try again. But... It's yeah, they've had too many flops, I think, to to even bother with it. Yeah, Aliens is like okay. Here's the argument. And I love Aliens. I love Aliens. I love Alien. I love Aliens. I love I love it, dude. But it's it's mm-hmm. I've just and I even like Prometheus. Um, I love Prometheus too. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. When it comes to, <clears throat> I wanted to bring this up. A lot of times we say like, oh, we need to shelve this thing for like ten, twenty, thirty years. And I used to, when I was younger, I would be like, yeah, we need to do that. Now that I'm approaching, now that I'm older, now that I'm in like in my mid forties, <laughs> now that I, and it's not so easy for me to say these things anymore. And I've heard it recently brought up on, on, on many podcasts where it's like, you know, oh, we, we got another Batman movie. It's like, I want to see them, you know, maybe we should shelve Batman or something like that for a good 10, 20 years. And, and I'm thinking, 
I'm not, I'm thinking as a as as a middle aged guy. I'm thinking if we shelve this, I don't know if I could. I could die tomorrow. I could just fucking die tomorrow. And I love Batman. And for the most part, we've gotten a lot of great Batman. You know, with the Nolan movies. You know, even the, the Tim Burton stuff. More times than not, we've gotten really good Batman stuff. Yeah, we can say George Clooney. We can whatever. More times than not, we get a lot. I don't know if I want to shelve certain things for, I can't say that anymore. Like when I was in my twenties, Oh, let's shelve this for fucking 10, 20, 30 years. I don't know if I'm going to be alive tomorrow. So God keep, damn it. You're so right. Man. Isn't it true? It's true though, Dan, yeah. as we get, no, you're right. And I think I'm the oldest one out of all you guys. So yes. As I was saying it, I started thinking about that in this little microsecond and I'm like, fuck, I could be like, you know, sipping through a straw and shitting myself at that point. Dude, so for me, for me being the age that I am now, I've totally changed this whole, like, we need to shelf this for 20 years. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be here in 20 years. And I want to get, I want to get all the Batman I can. I want to get all the, and I should be saying, I want to get all the aliens. Here's the thing. If you give me more alien stuff and it's crap, at this point in my life, it's like, okay, fine. You gave me more alien crap, but at least you're giving me alien stuff. Cause I don't know if I'm going to die tomorrow. So I die though. Right. What's that? They can shove alien until I die. Like I, I'm fine with that at this point. I don't want more alien crap. No, I'm, 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 I'm kind of done. I, as far as me enjoying alien and aliens, Jake, I can just go back and watch those those movies because i love them and they and they never get old and i'm the same way i even have a tiny soft spot for alien 3 i'm gonna be honest with you uh, i'm not a not a right there with you not a fan but i haven't watched it in the last maybe decade so maybe if i watched it again i'd like it but um but yeah like i'm totally fine with studio shelving terminator i don't think i need to see another terminator project um which, you know, I can always go back and watch Terminator and Terminator 2, and that's all I need. That's, that's good enough for me. Um, but yeah, I did want to address like the whole like, um, you know, like shelving certain characters that have actually, you know, like, like it's been a decade since we'd had a solo Batman movie. The last solo oh, yeah. Batman movie was 2012, so they did wait 10 years. I know we've had Affleck, Batfleck in between. But I'm at that age now where it's like, I don't want them to shelve Batman. I don't want them to shelve. There's certain characters I don't want them to shelve for 10, 20, 30 years because I don't know if I'm going to be here. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, but no, then the I'm opposite. Impressed. There's certain characters that hopefully they do shelve and we don't have to witness again until we die. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, it's there for people that want to watch it. Like, I just don't, I don't care for any of the new alien stuff or alien takes that have, that have come, um, recently. I, I did enjoy Prometheus for what it was, but then they ruined it with the next movie. So what was that called? Covenant? Uh, the second one was yeah, Covenant. Alien Covenant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like had that star Wars episode nine effect for me before that came out. Like it, I liked Prometheus, but that movie made it worse. Well, yeah. I mean, the second movie, Covenant wasn't written by Lindelof, and Lindelof was the one that did everything right in Prometheus. Yeah, I love Lindelof. It was all the stupid stuff that happened in Prometheus were rewrites that Ridley Scott got involved in. So, I, yeah, <sighs> it, it's once it left Lindelof is when that Alien series, uh, that new series okay. that they started up sucked. What's that, Matt? 
I mean, if, if you're really desperate for new Alien content, like the comics are still running and they're still pretty good on 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 the most part. The, the new Marvel series they did was really nice. Yeah. Um, and then just go back and read some of the Dark Horse stuff because it's still fucking good. Yeah. The recent audio drama things that Audible did were all really, really cool too. Uh, they, they're the voice voice cast ones, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Those were all yeah, really yeah. yeah. Well I've, I've listened to all of those. They were really good, really enjoyable. Did Fetty Alvarez? I, Fetty Alvarez did the um, the e- Evil Dead reboot, but did he also do the Don't Breathe movies? Correct. Yeah, I never watched the second one. I, you can watch it now. I think it's like on Stars or something. I haven't watched it yet. Weird spin. Uh, you saw it? Kind of, yeah, it has you, you know, set up to root for the guy that you were wanting to die in the first one. And it turns him into kind of like a uh, Terminator. Yeah, yeah. You the know, Terminator, you're rooting, you're, you're rooting for the Terminator in the second movie, Dan. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But, it, but in a weird, I don't know. It was weird. It was good. I'll check it, it out. kind of weird. I'll check it out then. I'll check it out. Uh, news from Cin- – I'm done with alien movies. You can – you can shelve it until I die, I suppose. <laughs> so, yeah. News from Cinema Blend. Dolph Lundgren makes Expendables 4 sound bloody and expensive. Man, don't you wish you could just be in your 20s again and just say you could shelve everything, Dan? I'm so fucking depressed right now. Cause we're gonna, <laughs> cause when you're in your 20s, twi- you're, you're in your 20s, you're gonna live forever, aren't you? Well, I'm going to die this week and it'll all just really go down badly. Oh, oh, that'll be sad. I <laughs> know. Oh, not taking it. I'm just fucking around. But yeah, man, I, I moved to strike that whole comment. Is it because of the way I put it? <laughs> I don't want to die, Brian. No, I'm just kidding, man. No, he's just it's funny because that you mentioned that. And as I was saying, I'm like, fuck. 20 years down the road that's a long time i know before that is basically young dan talking through old dan's body yes yeah dude like I, i'm very mindful of my age these days yeah. and uh and so it's like yeah i can't i can't be saying we got to shelve this shit for 10 20 years because i might not fucking be here bro Fuck. it's true talking about something happy <laughs> so give yeah, me you got to really mean it when you say it if you want to mm. if you fucking waiting waiting four years for another batman movie Oh my! You're, are you serious? No, man. change my mind. Just give me all the content. Yeah, give it. <laughs> give I'll it through the good and the bad. Give it all to me now. <laughs> oh. Um, uh, news from Cinema Blend. Dolph Lundgren makes Expendables Four sound bloody and expensive. Here's the thing: every time I bring up the Expendables on a podcast, no one on the podcast has, has ever watched any of the Expendables movies. So I don't know, Matt. Have you watched Expendables? I think I've watched the first three. <laughs> That's the only three that there are. Then I've watched the first two. Okay. Oh no, I've missed one hour. Dan. Oh well, I missed you... out the Ronda Rousey one, which is three. Yeah, that's the PG thirteen one. So you missed out on the shitty one. Um, Dan, do you watch Expendables movies? I haven't watched one of them. Oh my god! And and uh, Jake, you haven't watched any of them. Yeah. What are they? Oh god, they're expendable <laughs> to you. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not talking about it. Moving on. And this happens every fucking time. Every fucking time there's an, there's an expendable story. I've I, seen two of them. My favorite part is Matt wasn't even sure if he'd seen Matt wasn't even sure if he'd seen. He's like, I've seen three of them. And then I, I said, there's only three. And Matt's like, I've seen two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you like the Expendables yeah. movies? Yeah, they're all right. 
Let's move on. <laughs> Hilarious. They're better than Guardians of the whatever it was. <laughs> oh yeah. And Matt's yeah. seen all eight episodes of that. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't tell you about the third Expendables movie, but he could tell you about all eight episodes of Guardians of Justice. I know it's got Ronda Rousey in it. What would you want? I know it was terrible. Well, they went from rated R to to yeah. PG thirteen. I'm telling you, Dan, Dan, me and you, we grew up, and Jake too, Matt too. We all grew up in the fucking eighties and nineties when it was just like. We had larger than life fucking heroes. We had Sylvester Stallone as Rambo and Rocky, and we had fucking uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Commando and fucking Terminator and just fucking big muscle bound oily boyd freaks, uh, and and just you know, Dolph Lundgren and Jean Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal, Chuck Norris, fucking all these guys. Jeff Speakman, sorry Greg, didn't mean to leave him out. <laughs> But we had all these fucking amazing action stars. That It was just huge back then. And then it's like they were like, okay, you know what? It kind of started with Bruce Willis doing Die Hard. They were like, we don't need these guys anymore. And then all of a sudden we're getting fucking action movies with Ryan Gosling. Okay? You know, we're getting action movies with Brad Pitt. They don't have to get like these fucking, you know, big hulking, you know, muscle bound steroid guys in these movies right. anymore. And we didn't see that. We saw actors doing action shit. Like Tom Cruise is fucking hanging off of helicopters. And so they went away from that. Expendables brought it back, man. It, it brought it back. We got like Wesley Snipes, Dolph Lundgren, Jet Li, these fucking action stars that we grew up with coming back and just, all together, ensemble cast, kicking ass, and uh, very, like Terry Crews, just bloody, shooting people up. It was fucking incredible for the first two movies. Dan, you got to watch these Expendables. I'll movies. check it out. I, you know what? It's honestly, it's not something that I've ever just said absolutely not. It's just nothing that's ever. Oh, I got to watch this one, or you know what? I'm in the mood to watch it. I just, I don't know. But I've heard good things. I know I dig on the whole like homage to the to the 80s and the larger than life shit so i'm not opposed to it and it's got our guy stallone so come on you know what i mean i'll check it all right all right all right all right i i, I did my i did my expendables pitch dan now it, it, the ball is in your court sir and if you all don't right. like it you don't like it but man i it was just like a throwback to the kind of a love letter to the action movies of the 80s and 90s that i loved so i will peep it uh <sighs> I don't have a lot to say about this next story, but I do think it was worth bringing up, and it comes from Dark Horizons. Amazon Prime Video is reportedly in no negotiations for a live-action TV series based on Sony PlayStation's critically acclaimed ancient mythology-themed game series, God of War. I've never played God of War. I've seen tons of God of War video, and I've seen all the commercials, and I've seen all the hype behind God of War. It looks fucking incredible. Um, I'm hoping, unlike uh, the previous story that's, that Matt, have you played God of War? Uh, I played about ten minutes of God of War four. Okay, um, <laughs> and haven't haven't ever gone back to it. Dan, Not, I, I, I enjoyed yeah, it, but I just yeah. haven't. Yeah, I. Uh, this comes from Children of Men co-writer and the Expanse creators, and um, uh, I. Th 
I will, I, I don't play the game, but I think that this, it follow the game follows Kratos, a Spartan warrior tricked into killing his family by his former master, the Greek god of war Ares. Thus begins a series of events that lead Kratos on a path of vengeance, ultimately slaughtering the entire pantheon of Olympian gods. That sounds like a cool fucking show if they put the money into it. I am down for this if they can do it right. But again, it's video games adapted into a TV series. Doesn't always work. So, um, and I mean, I guess we can make the argument for The Witcher, but on the flip side, I guess The Witcher was like a bunch of novels before it was ever a video game. Exactly. So this, I don't know, man. I, if they can put the money into this, man, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be watching, um, the, the first few episodes to, to see if it's something I want to stick with. Are you guys excited for the Halo series? I'm yeah, curious. I thought I thought the trailer was a bit underwhelming, but I'm still excited to see how it goes. I'm very curious how it's all going to work out because you're right; it could just be a complete failure. They just can't seem to find a, you know, a, a perfect formula for video game movies. If they could just find that perfect stencil where these things will at least function and not mm-hmm. fail half the time, yeah, we might be in a better spot. But yet we have yet to do that. So. I'm looking forward to it. I loved playing Halo. Mm-hmm, I just don't too. know. I, I've just been, I guess I've just sort of been conditioned to not expect great things from video game movies. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Matt, are, are you looking forward to Halo? I've got no interest in the, in the franchise at all, but I'm going to give the show a watch when it comes out. See, I was um, see what happens. Halo was the last video game that I played religiously. And I, I went all the way to Halo three and that was like the last game that I kind of, kind of played before I started getting out of, video games it's the whole reason i bought an xbox 360 was to play yeah same here um halo yeah, I, I kind of missed out halo and came into sort of bought that generation of gaming right around the start of the call of duties and okay. so i started playing those rather than halos yeah um aren't they supposed to be doing a I, gears of war they yeah, were always talking about they're that. always talking about gears of war and i mean john cena has been attached at one time as uh, no john cena was attached for the duke nukem batista, batista was attached to it yeah. yeah, I'll tell. I don't have anything in front of me, guys. I, but I know that it's coming, or at least it's been talked about. The one that I'm actually very curious and looking forward to is Bioshock. Bioshock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such that a is, horror story. Yeah, and one of the most beautiful video games I've ever played. Just so well, fucking. I don't awesome. know how they're going to tackle the subject matter. I know what you mean, man. That's why I'm like. <laughs> but once it came, once it got like it became a conversation, I got very excited about that. What's the yeah, yeah. What's the Pedro Pascal zombie one coming out? The Last of Us. I, I hope they do that. I love Pedro Pascal. And That's I, a great game. And so yeah. I, I've watched my, my nephew play it, and it, it is fun to watch that game. I think uh, I played the first two God of War games on PlayStation 2. Because, I mean, I love a good platformer. But I'm going to be honest with you. Like, whenever there was story or cinematics, I was, like, smashing whatever button I could to figure out what would skip past that so I could go jump across the chasms more and, like, swing my axe around and shit like i i thought the story was a lot of video game gobbledygook that never really captivated me but the platforming was so good i put up with it to get to more platforming Hmm. so honestly the show could go either way for me like i i'm not so loyal to the storyline to where just show me a cool show with cool special effects because like what you read on paper sounds fucking awesome. Like this, right? you know, Greek, Greek god assassin, assassination takedown. I, well, I it, so, it sounds like Thor Love and Thunder, Gore the God Butcher, just like the whole movie is that. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't really care how loyal it is to the video game. I, I think the recipe for a cool show is there, but at the end of the day, I, I and I think I'm not the biggest gamer, but I really feel like God of War people will agree with me. It's not really the story of that game that's really the captivating part. It, totally. It's a hundred percent the gameplay itself. Absolutely. Dan, who is anybody attached to that Bioshock? A director? Any actors? You know what? I should have pulled it up. I don't have that. It was just a quick blurb that I saw, but it got me excited, and I have yet to go back to really. Look I mean, at being, it again. being once I do that whole video game movie thing, yeah. I just I'll just wait and see what happens. Being like being like out of the video game world now, I still there's still those games that are just so huge that kind of like bleed into like my everyday kind of like life and reading online and Bioshock's been huge. I know that that game has been huge. I hear people talk about Bioshock. I see articles about Bioshock. People love the story in Bioshock. And so, um, man, it's, I would love to see people that love these video games get what they want from the movies. It's just, it never feels like they can ever satisfy everyone. I don't know if, has there ever been like a video game movie that is just not only satisfied like the casual audience, but also satisfied like the people that absolutely have a love for that game? Maybe Sonic's the closest. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't have to go that first Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Get the fuck. Oh my god. Uh, uh, Dan, uh, you sent me a text earlier. I'm going to send you one now. <laughs> that that, so yeah, that so movie this, is this. still the reason why we can't get Nintendo movies made to this day. Like, Nintendo is still so slighted by what resulted of well, them having someone make a movie. We're that, getting Chris Pratt as Mario, so. Yeah, and it's still animation now. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, it's a, it's as I'm, close as we're getting. I'm fine with animation. I, I would like a live-action Zelda game, though. That, that's the thing. Is it's not just Mario. It's the whole Nintendo universe. Like, we've yeah. never had a single live-action movie thanks to that pile of steaming garbage. That's yeah. so bad. I want that Metroid movie, man. Oh, my God. Oh, a fucking Metroid movie would be dope as fuck. I would love it. Who's playing Samus? Yeah, I don't know. Emily Blunt? It's a good choice. Florence Pugh? Oh, you know who's playing Samus for me? It's fucking what's her name uh, from uh, Glow. Alison Brie. No, the other one. <laughs> oh, um, Betty Gilpin. Be- yeah, Betty be Gilpin. Awesome. Betty Gilpin, all the fucking way. So yeah. apparently, Gore Verbinski was set to direct a Bioshock movie, but it fell through due to budget concerns and rating concerns. Hmm. Ooh, yeah, I was just looking at some recent news, February 15th, 2022, and as of this time, per Netflix, they're just saying that they're partnering, excuse me, partnering with 2K and Take-Two, but there doesn't seem to be anything about any director or producers attached to it so far. Oh, if it's a Netflix movie, it'll be absolute trash. Yeah, shit. Yeah, have Shankar. Hey, I can't have Shankar. <laughs> I mean, in there to make it good. I still want that Metal Gear movie, man. That's the one that's at the top of my list for video game movies. Oh, my God. Call it Bioshankar. That'd be awesome. Bioshankar. I love it. Oh, God. Let's move on into Marvel news, guys. I'll play the bumper. That's enough of that. All right. (laughs) Keeping it short this week. Oh, God. What, Matt? Just get to that point. 
<laughs> it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, you know me too well. <laughs> You're lucky we held on this long. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there's a Thor Love and Thunder uh, Lego leak um, from uh, the Brick Wolf on Instagram. And he got a... Uh, what, are you, what are you doing sending me shit now? I got it. Now they're all distracted. That wasn't me, people. I know. Um, I already said one thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, Brick Wolf got a. Uh, it's not even supposed to be released. It's a Lego set. Uh, it's called Attack on New Asgard, and he got it at the Istanbul airport. And uh, it features minifigures of Thor Odinson uh, and uh, Jane Foster. So we got Thor, Jane Foster. Uh, and Gore the God Butcher. Um, and in this set, there is a monster, it looks like. Uh, it's a clawed tentacle bat, bat-like beast. And it looks like this creature is, uh, on the side of Gore the God Butcher. And I sent you guys the picture to this. Um, I thought I was looking at a Samurai Jack Lego set for a second, I gotta tell you. <laughs> Does I that is just I don't know are we just is is every third act now just going to be like a big beast that they battle because I I you know I love what they did in Shang Chi but are we gonna is this going to be every fucking movie at the end of it we're just going to see them fight a big a big monster there certainly maybe this is like a maybe this is an opening set piece possibly like I mean in the the last Thor movie they had all the stuff with what Salter. Certo, yeah. yeah, yeah, and, and I guess I, I mean you've got you, like the, if the opening movie starts with her being Mighty Thor and Gore the God, but I don't know. But this, it looks like usually what they try to do with these sets is they do try to include all the characters that are involved in that scene. I'm not saying it always happens, but this just seems like a lot. This seems this does seem like a third act kind of thing to me. Yeah. If I if I were to guess. That's a pretty full cast for a, an opening, like a cold open or something. Well, he's going to start off with the Guardians at the very beginning, as everything I've heard. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. It is one of the cheaper sets, though. Usually, like, the big set pieces. I remember when we were getting the Civil War Lego spoilers. Like, it was the the big sets that were the third act things, like where we spoiled Giant Man and all that stuff. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, this is, just looks like a big, fun creature. I would think if it was more significant, it would be a $100 set. Yeah, maybe it's just from some fun scene. You got a mid-level boss, somebody they take down real quick, but it would make for a good child's toy or, you know, or a Lego collector, I should say. Yeah, and they always on purpose leave out one character that's in the scene, so you have to buy a different Lego set to get that character. Like, that's a Lego tradition. You're never going to gauge what characters are in the scene based on these Lego sets because there's always one person even more missing a lot of times. So you'll go buy the other $50 set to get those characters. Okay. It's kind of goofy looking. It is goofy. Um, it looks like Samurai Jack so much to <laughs> totally. me. Totally. Yeah. So looks like uh one point in the movie they'll be fighting a clawed bat monster. Looking forward to that. Looks <laughs> like uh, it has tentacles too. Googly eyes. I would be yes, we would be remiss if we did not mention the tentacles as well. And googly eyes. Yeah. And googly eyes. It's all there for everyone to enjoy. 
Thor meets I can't, Neil tell, I can't tell if it's because it's made out of Legos or not, but it looks very robotic in nature. Yeah, I got that too. Because it's, it's made out of Legos. Yeah, it's probably because it's made out of Legos. Um, tell me what you guys think about this quote here from Mark Ruffalo. He's finally talking about the She-Hulk series. This article comes from ComingSoon.net. Emmy winner Mark Ruffalo has uh, opened up about Marvel Studios' next Disney Plus series, She-Hulk, praising lead star Tatiana Maslany's portrayal of the uh, of She-Hulk. The Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, vet also went on to tease the funny and cool interactions between Bruce and Jennifer Walters, confirming that fans will be seeing a different side to the Avenger. He says, Tatiana Maslany is frickin' legendary as the She-Hulk. I'm passing the banner on to her. There are some really... <laughs> There are some really good, funny, cool, long, long scenes between Professor and her. We've never really seen the Hulk interact with people the way he does in that show. It'll be really interesting. So, a couple things that I want to talk about here is dumb way to say it, but he basically says he's passing like the the banner under. So passing. So is this a passing of the torch? Is are, are we losing Hulk? Um. Or did he just really feel like he had to use that fucking pun? Um, and then he also talks about long scenes between Professor and her. So, like, the last time we saw um, Banner was as Bruce Banner at the end of Shang-Chi in the in the uh, post-credits scene, uh, mid-credits scene. And so now he's talking about – so it sounds like he's going to be bouncing back and forth between Professor Hulk and – Bruce Banner? Is that what I'm picking up here? Two things I'm talking about. Is he passing on the torch? Are we done with Ruffalo? And is he just going to be bouncing back? And is Well, obviously he got back to being Bruce again. So, yeah, he's going to have to toggle if he's bringing that up. Yeah, I, and, I, don't, I don't think we're passing the torch. I, I think he's just saying that to try to build the hype train a little bit more. And... and this is going to like fill in the gap between Shang-Chi and what we knew before, right? This isn't taking place after that because they kind of – that was the post credit scene and then they kind of jumped into the future a little bit, right? And right, Do we know the timeline of She-Hulk? Like it could potentially take place before the banner we saw in Shang-Chi, right? That's true. Um, I suppose they had just gotten back. At the end of Shang-Chi, they had just gotten back to the city and then the portal opened up from Wong and then they had their meeting. Um, Disney, uh, the, the Marvel timelines, even if you, I mean, they're always changing them. I guess we'd have to pull up the most recent Marvel timeline and I don't know if they've added the She-Hulk series into yeah, that. I mean, if, if all the rumors are to be believed that Hulk's going to get like launched off into space, I guess this would take place after. Yeah. So, but yeah, I do think we're going to see like him switching, but I don't think we're going to have a She-Hulk show where we never see Hulk and She-Hulk together in the same shot. Like they can't resist that. That's yeah. going to happen. Do you think that we're going to see her as She-Hulk in the first trailer? Yes. Or I know not a whole body. I, I think we're going to see teases of the transformation would be my guess. Hmm. It just seems to me like that first Entertainment Weekly cover would be her as She-Hulk. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I could just see a tease though, before we get that, before we get the, uh, we you usually know. get the entertainment weekly stuff before the trailer drops though. Something popped up this week on IGN on, uh, on the 10th, <clears throat> excuse me. And it does show for, uh, on Twitter at she Hulk updates mm-hmm. that it's, Possibly the first look at Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk, which basically looks like green Tatiana Maslany. That's terrible. All the merchandise that was leaked. Yeah, yeah. There's like a thermos ad. Thermoses, yeah. And it shows her, and she just, it basically just looks like her, man, but she's kind of ripped. Hmm. Can you send that in the chat? I want to see. Yeah, I'm looking at it right. I'm looking at it right now. It does look like her ripped. Oh, it, it looks good. It's in the chat. I'll get you right now. Dead air is awesome. I know. I'm sorry. No, it's crazy. I hope you guys are going to like Here. jack it up or something. I got the photos. Hold on. <laughs> never sent fucking photos through Twitter plus media. Damn. Well, there's the link. There we go. Let's see. I want to see this. Here we go. Is there a picture? Yeah. Here, here's the two pictures. Oh, God. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I just sent the pictures from the article so you don't have to. Okay. Yeah, I don't you don't need to sift through that. Yeah, she looks good. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully that's the way it looks on screen. That looks good. I'm not complaining. I like that logo. Yeah. Yeah, she's got some she's got some muscles. I like it. It looks it looks pretty comic accurate. She's not as jacked, but she's she's big. She's big enough. All right. Yeah, we're going to see her and the Hulk standing, like, fighting together. Like, right? They can't resist that. They can't not give us that. That would be terrible if they resisted that. Yeah, so I don't think we're going to see... We're going to see Bruce Banner and the Hulk in this series. Did you see the latest My Time to Shine Hello rumors, Jake? Uh, Probably. I usually check their Twitter feed about every other day. Uh, Here's the... Two Marvel-related ones I wanted to talk about. The Children's Crusade Project and Development at Marvel. Mm, I did not see that one. That's exciting. Yeah, so this is probably after the uh, events of Multiverse of Madness and, you know, probably going to get an aged-up speed in Wiccan, looking for Wanda. It'll be... If that happens, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's one of my all-time favorite storylines ever. And then also uh, a solo Scarlet Witch project as well. Yeah, I kind of smelled that was going to happen. So those are the two big rumors. Um, the last thing I got to talk about is in DC news. Um, yeah, Batman the vagina thing. Didn't yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> it comes from TV line. The Batman prequel series not moving forward at HBO Max. So it looks like we're. It's is it the is it the GCPD series? That they had planned yes, that we're not getting? Yes. The Penguin one is still happening. The uh, the police one is not because yeah. of creative, creative differences. That was fast. Creative differences with Reeves? Um, with the person Reeves had tagged to do it is what I read. Let me pull hmm. that article up. Let's see here. It says... The Batman director, Matt Reeves, broke the news on Monday's episode of the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast where he said one thing that we're not doing that I was going to do. So there's the Gotham Police show, which that one actually is put on hold. We're really not doing that. 
When the potential spinoff was first announced in July 2020, it was described as a deeper examination of the anatomy of the corruption in Gotham City that would launch a new Batman universe across multiple platforms. Later that year at DC Fandom, Reeves explained that the show would serve as a year one prequel to the Batman, chronicling the first emergence, the first appearance of this masked vigilante that starts to unsettle the city of Gotham. You start to see the story through the POV of these corrupt cops and in one and one in particular. And the story is actually a battle for the cop's soul. Uh, and while Reeves told Happy Sad Confused podcast that the initial prequel idea was super cool to me. He said HBO Max and Warner Brothers were ultimately interested in telling a different story, though he hopes to maybe someday revisit the Gotham City Police Department. Reeves also divulged to the cyber nerds in a recent Q&A that the project has since evolved into one that may focus on Arkham Arkham Asylum instead. Uh, Yeah, that sounds like creative differences between Reeves and HBO. Between Reeves and, yeah, Warner Brothers and HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know that it was creative differences. Yeah. Whatever he wanted to do, HBO wasn't a fan of or vice versa. Whatever HBO wanted Reeves to do, Reeves didn't want to do. Like somewhere there was a, you know, I damn there. Maybe it's, maybe it's tying into like real world stuff with police right now and they just didn't want to. Go that route? I don't know. They don't want to push that, that could hot be true. button. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe HBO was like, not enough Batman. And Reeves was like, no, we're not having Batman in this. And HBO was like, well, fuck it then. We don't want it. Hmm. Yeah. Dan, do you want like Warner did, Brothers is going to be paying a, lo- a lot more attention to who they have directing these movies, though. Wasn't there an article out recently where it's like they're now making sure that it's more of a, uh, oh, God, how did they put it? I think what it is like, you know, Matt with the success of like Matt Reeves and then James Gunn, they're kind of like, you know what? Let's let the filmmaker drive this one versus just a bunch of suits telling them well, what to we've make. We've heard that before, though. Yeah, we keep, you know, that was that was the whole fucking chant behind Snyder. Like, yeah, but uh, we've seen it happen a couple times now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So hopefully, it's come yeah. out pretty solid. These last two submissions have been really solid, and if they keep going down this direction, they have my money for sure. Yeah, I, well, the thing is, it's like, what did we hear about this one when, when, when the Warner Brothers, you know, executives watched it? They, they, they were worried about this one. And, you know, it's, it's like they were worried, you know, they, they always worry. They always worry about this stuff. I don't think they get it. And then, like, when the movie comes out and it's good, then they're just like, okay, we should have more faith in the people that are doing this. Um, I mean, I don't need a fucking David Ayer. Suicide Squad, an air cut. But I, you have to, after the Snyder cut, in my opinion, like, I think any air cut would be better than what we got. Do I think it's going to be amazing? No. Do I need it? No. But I do think the studio involvement overall with, like, what we saw happen with, you know, the Justice League and and the first Suicide Squad movie, it's just the proof is there. Like, if you let these directors just do what they do, they're going to do it better than the studio would if they got – especially like I'm surprised Rogue One came out as good as it did. Um, yeah, maybe the studio was right though, honestly, just to play devil's advocate. I mean we know the air cut was going to have more Joker and Harley Quinn and I can't see how that would have made the movie better. 
Like that's not what I was clamoring for more of. Well, you would have said that. I mean, honestly, Jake, I, I until the Snyder Cut came out, I don't think that you would have you you cared for that either. And it was better than no, what we but got. I still knew the Snyder Cut would be better. Like, just I'm not saying I've never said the air cut would be like. I've never said the air cut would be like fucking incredible. All we know about the air cut that we didn't see was the deleted stuff from Harley, and we don't know what else there was though. And if it yeah, was, it, and if it was fucking as as uh, dismantled as Zack Snyder's version, because like most of that shit we did not fucking see in the final cut. Like we got a fucking Russian family at the end of that shit. And I don't know. I mean, all all we do know is the Joker stuff. That's it. Yeah. That's all we know. Yeah. That weed and Justice League, though. I mean, it, you could tell. Like, it looked and felt like a freak of fucking nature. Like, you, you just had to know that there was something better underneath the surface. <laughs> you would hope. But, yeah. Matt, you still haven't been able to see the Batman, have you? No, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you looking forward to seeing it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I haven't listened. I didn't listen to last week's show, so I haven't heard your sure. review of it. I've just heard what 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 odd people have said and and the the response online. So I I do want to watch it. Um, I think it's it's coming to HBO Max in April, isn't it? April fifteenth, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So I will probably um, try and find a way of watching it then, rather than going to the cinema to see it. Dan, what did you think of it? Oh, I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. I think I liked it a little more than you guys did, but you guys are a little more heavily versed in the comics. Um, I didn't have the problem with Catwoman that you seem to have, Brian. You know, I thought I just thought I thought it was really good, really fucking good. I've only listen, seen it one time. Listen, I Catwoman was doing Catwoman things, Dan. Catwoman was uh-huh. great. It was lazy. She was set up and written lazily, in my opinion. Oh no, no, I feel it and respect your opinion. I'm just saying it was. I will say this. And I said it on my podcast is that when I saw that when I was going to make sure that I saw it the first day because I wanted to talk about it on my show and I went in with the worst fucking migraine headache I have had in years. So I watched it through this weird filter. That said, I still loved it, but I want to go back again and watch it and really like soak it in because there's a lot. There's a lot to take in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want people to think that I hated Catwoman in the movie. Catwoman no, was. I didn't. I didn't think that. I'm Zoe Kravitz was really good. She was doing Catwoman yeah. things, but I didn't. I don't think that the way that they wrote her and set her up, it just didn't make sense to me. I feel like there's a. I don't know. I think it just didn't. It didn't work for me. It just didn't make sense. Like it just didn't feel like. Everything that they showed her, the, everything they showed us in that movie with her, it just was like, okay, where is she learning this? And I just didn't, I wanted them to kind of like fill that in. I mean, I've seen that from, it's inherent that that character is a, is a cat burglar. And I didn't see it in this movie other than the fact that she was doing these things. Other than that, I saw like a fucking table full of bills. <laughs> so yeah, that was my biggest problem. I loved her doing Catwoman shit. And I think she was great at the action and all that other stuff. But that's all I got, gentlemen. I'm going to. Uh. Man, I am super sad that we're not getting this uh, Gotham PD show. I, I I was a big fan of that Brubaker run. And, um, man, it was kind of like the last great DC run that I read before I stopped buying DC comics on the regular. So it's a shame we're not going to see a nice homage to that series like it, it like it sounded like yeah. they were. Yeah, yeah. I was more excited for that show than I am for the Penguin show. Oh, yeah. 
So well, hopefully but, we'll get it someday, and we won't have to wait twenty years. Yeah, I'll, I'll be. I'll, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I'll be dead by then, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying shit. I'm the old guy here. Uh, I'm not. We're, hey, I'm not far off. Not far. <laughs> You're not that much older than us, Dan. No, just a few years. It's that I'm hitting that crucial year this year where yeah. people start sending you like black balloons and shit and fuck all of them for doing that. So I think I'm just in my head about it. But yeah, Brian got me thinking. <laughs> no, I just I look at everything differently now, Dan. For just, sure. You're at, so right. You can't shelve anything anymore because I might be dead tomorrow. Bring it all. I need it all now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can shelve. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to be mean. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I got. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on this episode, dude. Well, thanks for having me back on, guys. It's been a long time. So, uh, yeah. It's much enjoyable. It's been nice talking with you, man. Uh, yeah, Dan, definitely. thank you so much uh, for joining us. Where can people find you, sir? It is my absolute pleasure to come onto the show, guys. It's been too long, so thank you for having me. Uh, I do a show called Heroes of Noise. Uh, we're usually weekly. Sometimes we're not, but for the most part, we're a weekly show. We talk, talk a lot of shit, a lot of movie talk, a lot of music talk, dick jokes, the whole bit. I think you might like it. Uh, you can check our website out at www.heroesofnoise.com, and I ask you to go ahead and subscribe, and if you like it, let us know. Jake, I think we need – do you think we need to move to buy monthly – um, I don't think we need to. <laughs> Damn it. I, I was going to say, but we should. Is, 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 <laughs> hold on, is, is bi-monthly once every two months or twice a month? Uh, that shit always confuses me. I, 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 I think it's twice a month. No, that would be bi-weekly. Bi-weekly is twice a month, bi right? Bi-weekly is every other week, yeah. So bi-monthly would be every. So bi-monthly would be every other month. Yeah, that's definitely what we. Should PCL do. is moving to bi-monthly. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> we'll see you. We'll see, see you in May. See you in May, motherfuckers. How long are episodes going to be? Huh? Sixteen-hour like episodes. Hour episodes. No, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Is our one episode is going to be like forty-eight hours? No, we're we're dropping <laughs> it. Forty-eight-hour live stream. Forty-five minutes. In an hour. Forty-five minutes. Once we go to bi-monthly, forty-five minutes. That's all you fucking get. We're going to record for seventeen hours, but I'm going to speed it up so that it's fucking forty-five minutes. Brian's just going to name something, and we're just going to yell out our rating and then move on to the next. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be like an auction. Yeah. <laughs> Thor, Love, and Thunder. I taste it. All right, next. <laughs> uh, speed round podcasting, Jake. I love it. Mm. Yeah, I love it, too. Needs to happen. Needs to yeah. happen. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we will be back next week with more fucking shit that we do every week. Um, and, uh, Jake, we're putting a lid on it. That's the th Is that the thing we're saying now? Putting a lid on it. Putting I love it. Yeah, we're putting until May. We're going bi-monthly. We'll see you. Putting a lid on it until May. It's going to be real stinky when we take that lid off. Yeah, see you in May. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. 
already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Gonna toss it, gonna taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's race it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture carryover Counterculture push over Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover, counterculture pushover, pop culture. Leftovers, uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers, the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.